you know what I think? Um, you know what I think it comes down to too. I was noticing the other day because we've tripped with a lot of people, and I think sometimes the people that really get under my skin when we're tripping are people that have no um, inner monologue discipline. You know, like have you ever been around well, you, that? Where you kind of like, mentioned the other day, we're like, if you would just learn to meditate, and that's I funny because I think I would be in surf world of you tripping, but I know exactly what you're talking about because I'm that way. Well, I think you and I would get along because I was just saying to Cass on the on the ride home from the show last night. I'm like, I don't know anyone else like Bryce who's like me, uh, how I am with music. So like, I feel like we could trip together and fucking just find a wormhole where we're both comfortable. Totally. But I mean, my <laughs> first trips were very much me like holding on very tightly. I'd be like following around my friend and being like, Hey, um, is everything good? Am I good? Like, and he'd just be like in his own trip and be like, yeah, you're good. And then two seconds later, I'm like, Hey, um, you know, like yeah, yeah. And it, he would just look at me and be like, dude, I'm tripping to like take care of yourself. Like mm. it's an inside job. I can't get in there with you. And it was good. Yeah. You had to like, grab my own reins because I was just handing them to him and he'd just be like nope and I'd hand them to him again he'd nope yeah yeah and I think people are really prone to that that's the cool part about psychedelics the subjectivity comes online your yeah. true subjectivity where you're like I'm only one in here and who else could determine my mental health or my state of being who yeah. knows who I am oh, man. I don't even know and or where just, my sweater is or whatever like that, that's what'll get me with Cass phone like, wallet should, keys phone yeah, wallet keys yeah exactly keys. and it's like saying it out loud and bringing other people in on the madness and it's just like we need inner monologue discipline when we take this stuff, you know. If it's very important, sure, but... <laughs> well, everything feels very important in that state. You're like, That's this true. is very important. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. good when someone else catches you, though, and you don't even know. Like, I'm sitting there with my hand on my backpack, and I'm like, everything feels wet. <laughs> and I'm just doing this for, like, ten minutes, like, looking around, and someone turns around and goes, like, dude. And I'm like, good, we're good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, just, it takes someone to, to be like... That, Come on, that first that candy flip, I was standing at a festival and just going, I looked myself in the eye. I looked myself in the eye. <laughs> I looked myself in the eye just for 10 minutes straight and like crying. And all of a sudden I look around, there's like a huge circle around me. No one is like near me and everyone's just watching. And my friend turns on and is like, what the fuck are you doing? And he just comes <laughs> and grabs me. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. And it was just funny because I didn't even know I was doing these like neurotic, weird, navel-gazing spirals. And it would take like these funny experiences to like pull me out and be like, oh, I can control that in some way right by letting it go yeah not by grabbing onto it but by being like doesn't matter yeah but like you were just saying before we got on here that is really hard to do to become aware of the the loop you're on and then be like all right i can let that go it's very hard to do that took a lot of looping (laughs) (laughs) have i ever been stuck in a loop because for some reason when people tell us psychedelic stories that stuff cracks me up the most. Like I feel for the person, but it, it makes me laugh that, that that's even a thing that can happen. I hate it. Yeah, it's my yeah. least favorite cosmic joke of them all, man. The, the loop. The loop. Yeah. And I developed a loop-based disorder afterwards, which was also not funny, you know? So it was like mm. interesting to watch how my mind and circles and control all went together mm. because I like was trying so hard to be loose and chill and present, but instead my ego got real strong from like the trauma of it all and was like, no, we're going to go control, repetition, oh, certainty. Shit. So I watched the open part of my mind from psychedelics, this like free open part get really like tightened on my ego. in a way that I was like passenger to almost like I was a witness to it where I was like I don't have as much control of either of these as I'd like I'm like Mm. it was who I'd side with if I wanted to disembody it that way so looping is almost like the opposite of ego death and this is something I've never heard someone really pinpoint but I've uh, I've you know tried to talk about before is like 
there is a way to take this stuff and it makes your ego stronger and, and kind of builds it out of control. It's like, it's like giving it steroids because it gets scared and then it's like, we know how to fight more than ever right now. That's and, exactly yeah. what happens, man. <laughs> I watched it happen to me two different times, but like DMT was the first time because I didn't have any understanding. And that makes sense. Who could prepare you for that? No, you the can't. you that chooses to do that and the you that lives through that are two separate beings that you get to find out about, like why you put yourself through the doorway. Mm. And so I just kicked and screamed because I was like, I'm going to be this way forever and like mm. resisted, resisted, resisted. And then afterwards you're like, oh, if I had just let go, I would have had a good time. Yeah. But my ego was like, we are done for and cooked. And I think depending on who you are, I had a lot of trauma growing up and I think I didn't understand what that was doing to my mind when I trip. Okay. I was really running up against like old things and my mind was just like, not safe. We're not safe. We're not safe. And I didn't understand that. Now I do. Yeah. Mm. And so when I had the big acid trip, when I, uh, the whole thing was me like grabbing hold, grabbing hold. And then when I finally was like, whatever, mm. it just, I literally felt the whole world open up and I was like, Oh cool. But it was such a hard choice, man. It was not on the table in a way that when I say it out loud, it yeah. seems like, Oh, you could just grab it. It was like nowhere to be found. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and my yeah. ego was so happy to take the reins and drive me around. Cause it was like, the only way we're getting through this is if you listen to me, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I came out of that with a really hardened ego and I've been like dealing with that since I haven't been tripping a long time. Now mm. I'm seeing like all my hardened patterns that I'd love to trip and break apart, just kind of like have to be dealt with in other ways. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh man, I'm like wearing costumes and getting badges, you know, as I, that's my term for it, where I'm like accumulating experiences. <laughs> oh, I got a t-shirt. I'm this kind of guy and like doing this thing. But I'm the part of me that's the witness is like, yo, you know better. Yeah. And so now my whole life is like integrating all the wisdom from the good trips and the bad trips. Cause mm. Yeah, I just got schooled. <laughs> yeah, well, we've been, I mean, we've had in the back of our head for years now, you telling this story on the <laughs> podcast, because <laughs> I've never had someone, We well, we met you in person at Cosm, when was that, like 2019? 2019, yeah. So right before the pandemic, and um, we had talked before, but we'd never met in person, and we were just chatting, and you started telling on the, us this story, and I've never had a more visceral reaction to anyone, to the point where now when people start trying to tell me a story like that, I prepare myself a little bit differently, <laughs> because I'm like, I'm an empath, I think, and I can take this stuff on, and man, the, you told us this story up at Cosm, and I was like, I've never... I've never heard something so wild in my life, so uh, maybe you could tell us about yeah. that experience. <laughs> I'll go into it for this one, because th I feel like this is the audience that should hear this, actually the real version. I tell this story often enough now, mm. and I've gotten some pieces of it from people that were there with me that I didn't remember at the time, so oh. that's, this whole story gets fucking wild as it goes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so in 2016, I was like just becoming like a live painter, like I just started painting from seeing a a couple live artists at symbiosis in California mm. I'd like candy flipped and I saw them painting and I had been painting like watercolor doodles and I had a DMT trip that made me just obsessively making art but I didn't have like a really formulated way to do it and I saw somebody painting live and I was like oh I think I could do that so I went to Sonic Bloom which is a festival down south here that happens every year and I went by myself I knew one artist there, kind of. Mm. And I had just taken a workshop at Cosm with Randall Roberts and Morgan Mandala. They oh, were yeah. like, they were artists in the Colorado area. So I'd like, like a week before, I'd come off that. I'd just done mushrooms my first time at Cosm. I'd never done them before. I'd done oh. acid. Really? I'd done oh. acid a considerable amount of times, mm. but I did mushrooms. I literally went up to the like statue, the world spirit statue, touched three little mushrooms to its head and ate them. And like <sighs> on my last day, and was like, okay. So I was like on this cosmic 
high in general. And I went to the festival and I was just like, I want to be part of this psychedelic movement. But I always felt really insecure. Like I've not tripped enough. I don't, you know, my friends were like, you don't just trip once and make art like Luke Brown or Robert Venosa or Alex Gray. You, they go in. Mm. And so I had that in my head and I had this insecurity of like, I'm not good enough to be here. And I was renegade painting. So like people are billed and paid to paint. And then there's people like me who just go with an easel and set up next to them and just yeah. get weird, which yeah. they're cracking down on more, understandably so. It's kind of a weird, selfish vibe. Uh, it's kind of like vending it lot, but being a bastard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like going to a concert with a guitar and standing in the back <laughs> and it's every, between every song, rocking your own song. I've got a little number. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey guys, back here, back here. And then you play the same song they play, yeah, but yeah. worse. Yeah. That's kind of the vibe. You're like, hey, I'm just learning how to play guitar, but everybody, look at me. Big, weird huh. mixture of things. And, and you were, were you somewhat new to painting? Yeah. Pretty new to painting. Mm. Not terribly new to psychedelics. I had like done DMT. I'd done a fair amount of acid, or what I thought was acid at the time. That's another thing. Okay. Like I'd had a, I'd had significant acid trips where mm. I was like, wow, whatever I'd done before wasn't acid. You know, five or six significant like two tab trips where I was like, okay. Yeah. But that's it. And it's a pretty big deal in itself. Yeah, and for me at the time, you know, like I was twenty three. You know, it was a really like fresh time still in my head. All those things happened far apart but in reality they happen very far like close together yeah, you know my right. dmt trip in 2015 or 2014 that was like kind of traumatic to this trip that's like a year apart yeah you know my when you're young you're like oh you it felt like 10 years lifetimes yeah mm. looking back i'm just laughing I'm yeah, like, oh yeah. my god no integration <laughs> yeah, yeah no slowing down to think and i was smoking a lot of weed like mm -hmm. in general i was i loved weed i smoked weed every day for so long so I, weed was like my ally yeah and uh, i went to this festival and they were uh Everyone was painting, and it was, like, Saturday, and my f one of my f friends who I kind of knew introduced me to this other artist, and he was, they were all, like, are we good? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, like, you don't want to, like, have rain go in. Totally. Out. Pull the awning out? I'm just going to turn it. It doesn't go out far. Oh, it does. Yeah, it doesn't. We have to, like, sit in the wood. <laughs> Damn. Shit. Damn, it's, like, actually raining. Should we move it in? Um, fuck. We can. God damn. It doesn't look like it's yeah, going to clear Yeah, this doesn't up. look like it's going to be. All right, fuck just it. Before little hiccup. <laughs> a couple little raindrops. Good thing we're, we're waterproof, but our equipment's not. So. Amen. Um, you were just in the middle of, of telling us this story, and so you're showing up in your renegade painting at this place, and it's on a Saturday. Of yeah, so, like, I get there Friday. Okay. I spend the first night just, like, drink some beer, smoke some weed, go around, say hi to everybody, like... I start a little painting. It's nothing. Like it's, I'm, and I'm painting a small painting. Everyone there is painting big paintings. Yeah, yeah. I'm painting on this little thing, and I'm like making this gross, messy beginner painting. And but I have the fool's confidence. That's mm. the whole thing about this. Uh. Is I have this was the fool's journey, 100. Mm. percent Like the whole idea of the fool that persists in their folly becomes wise. That is the the title of this whole story <laughs> for me, man. <laughs> because it's so true because like I was telling Cass no one could have told me this story from outside myself and had it make an effect on me I'm the kind of person that had to fuck around and find out yeah. on my own Yeah. because I just wasn't a certain kind of stupid that actually led me to being a certain kind of wise and I wouldn't recommend mm, it Yeah. Yeah. but that's just who I am so yeah. it's Saturday and we're like all kind of hanging out milling in the middle of the afternoon uh, there's a dude there giving everyone like weird haircuts, like in the dirt at this festival. So I watch this guy I know get a haircut, and then they all go back and they're like, "Yeah, we took some acid. Do you want some L?" I'm like, "Oh, fuck yeah!" 
and they didn't tell me anything about what they were doing dosage wise and i'd only ever eaten blotter so mm. i'd eaten like two tabs tab and half a blotter and that, even that i wasn't doing in a very discerning way yeah yeah so they didn't tell me they were taking they had a vial of, of liquid l mm. and they didn't tell me they were taking the dropper out and wiping it on their hand and licking their hand oh and I'd never taken anything out of a dropper, like a tincture or nothing. Yeah. And no one watched me because everyone was like, we don't know this dude, but he seems like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took a dropper full that I think was a, probably about close to half full of the dropper. Oof. My intention was to take a micro. I was like, I'll take a little dose. And then yeah. I'll just paint it a little bit. So I took a half a dropper and I was like, ah, I don't want it, I don't want it to be nothing. Took a little more. I forget that part of yeah. the story. Oh, my God. It makes my skin crawl even saying it because I can see, like, the visual in my head and just this feeling of, like, that part of me just getting kicked into the abyss. The old uh, version of yeah. you. One part of me was like, you want to be a psychonaut? Your ego's never going to let you do this by choice. <laughs> That's one way of looking at the story. Yeah. Besides, like, one part of me, very stupid, not discerning. Mm. But the other part of me was like, you kind of want to know what it's like to go far out. Yeah. But yeah. your ego's never going to be like, eat 10 hits of acid. No. So we estimate I was between 10 and 20 hits, possibly could be more. But no one knows the mic dosage on that. Yeah. So within 15 minutes, I started tripping. And I remember I went to my car. I got some like, which was like maybe a 10 minute walk. Did you I got, realize you had done too much? No, not not until I started to come back. So I'm like walking to my car and I'm like all excited. And I'm just like, whatever. Well, yeah, I'm going to paint. Come back. I'm going to, I'm just going to go get fruit. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, I bring fruit to everybody and be like, hey guys, I got fruit. Cause they're already tripping. And I come back with the fruit and I remember putting it in the dirt by my easel and then just standing up and being like, oh fuck. Cause it just like all at once. And like that sound effect in movie yeah. trailers. Yeah. It was like that, but also the other one too at the same time. And you're just like, your body knows. I think I've heard this from so many people that like, if you ever touch something that has acid on it, your body instantly is just like, fuck. Yep. And I believe in that. There's like a psychic thing around LSD specifically. That's so potent. Like the energy field that like the second I tuned into like, huh, I think I'm about to trip really hard. It just was like, yep. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> oh, yeah, brother. Yeah, I was like, buckle up. And I was like, I don't have a seatbelt. It's like, exactly. Uh, oh, my God. Let go or be dragged, yeah. and you'll do both. Um, <laughs> so within 15 minutes, I'm standing behind my friend who gave me the acid. He's told me since that what happened was I just stood behind him like this. And he's painting, and he's like, turn around. He's like, what's up, dude? Like, he's like, are you good? And then he, I'm like, oh, I feel a little weird. And then he turns around and he looks at me and he's like, oh, shit, dude. Like, you're having a weird time. And all of a sudden I'm like doing this thing. And I'm just oh, like, yeah. phone, all that keys. And I'm like, I took it at 636. It's 645. Ooh, it's 640. But I'm starting to like lose the context of the time thing. But I'm really attached. So I'm like, 636, 645. My name is Bryce. I took too much acid. It's going to be all right. And I'm like trying to do something. And I'm like, they're like, oh, okay, dude. And they're, they're him and my other friend who I kind of knew. I realize instantly they don't know me very well. Yeah, right. And I don't know them. Mm. And it's a weird dynamic to put on somebody of like them being responsible for your reins. I'm like yeah. holding the reins up in the air and they're like, I thought you had those. And yeah. you're like, ah. <laughs> but I feel bad too. And I can see on their face the instant like concern. Like, don't give me the reins, yeah. please. They're okay. like, hey, bud, we thought you knew what you were doing. I was like, me too. And they're like, they, they were giving me the benefit of the doubt. They're like, maybe you just need a weird little come up you'll come around they didn't know how much i'd taken no oh, one watched me okay, no one watched okay. me so they were also like maybe he's on something else 
Mm. I think I'd like drink a mate in the day and smoke some weed. So not nothing, but not something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in that scene, you also don't know who's like kind of schizo. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, and this is something I learned quickly too, is that sometimes when people see this, they instantly go like, oh, for, you can, cause you can acid see through people. So I could just see this dude looking at me, even the friend I kind of knew being yeah. like, are you the kind of person that shouldn't be on acid? And I'm like, you only find that out by doing it. You know that? Oh <laughs> and this, this, pl- this plays Christ. in later because I, so they, they like, I'm like, I think I need to go to my car and just like change clothes and like chill. And cause it was so overstimulating. Like I'm in the middle of the st- stages are going on. People are painting. I'm just like, Oh God. And it's like hot in the middle of the desert, Colorado mm. landscape, middle of the, on the solstice. Oh, wow. on the solstice day. Ooh. And, uh, I had set an intention too, which is a dubious thing in psychedelia, man, because it, it can be rigid and controlling, mm. or it can be too vague and you get what you asked for and you don't understand how to ask the right question. Yeah, mm. yeah. Because yeah. I was like, give me an experience that helps me help other people. That's so vague. It would have been better to be like, can I have fun this evening, right now, in the moment? Can I paint a good painting? Dude, that can I is dance? Literally, to me, I've come around to the place that is the only intention I'll go into any psychedelic with is, can I have fun? Because otherwise. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, you don't know what you're asking. And it, <laughs> yeah. an acid, more than any other thing, is like, Sure, we can make that happen yeah. in the grandest, most <laughs> Jupiterian, blowing out of place way. Where it's like, yeah, dude, we got you. And also, you took so much, so hell yeah, we got you. Yeah. And I was just we like, more oh. than got you. Yeah, he picked me up like a little baby and just threw me into outer space. So we're walking in my car, and they're all trying to get me to do stuff. They're like, can you make a funny face? You know, making yeah. funny faces at me. And I'm starting to go like, trying. And I'm like, uh, no. And then I start going really quickly into the loops where I'm starting to go or not in loops, but in the dips where I'd be like blink open. Everything is like digital and moving a blink blink. I'm back. And so I'd be start making jokes. Where I was like, oh, I can't make the funny face. Anyone have any toothpaste? I want to calcify the pineal gland. <laughs> this is getting out of hand. And they're like, oh, you're good, dude. You're making jokes. You're funny. Yeah. They're all like, we didn't know. You're funny. You're kind of funny. I'm like, I'm not having fun. Yeah. And they're I like, I am funny. Yeah. But I'm not having fun. I'm like, it's a defense mechanism <laughs> yes. right now. For sure, man. <laughs> they're like, can you dance? And we go by a stage. And I'm just like, no, absolutely not. They're like, maybe you need to take a shit. And I was like, look to the poor body. I was like, no way I'm going in there but alone right now. I yeah. will not make it. Yeah, and yeah, I don't yeah. think I would have. Yeah, That's the yeah. worst place to have a come up. I've done it before. Ooh. That's where you learn who you really are is on yep. the come up on and acid in a porta potty. I tried to festival. put my hand through one one time thinking I could go through matter. <laughs> I'm just pushing the door open while I'm taking a shit. And I've been in there for like 15 minutes, you know? <laughs> All my friends are like, dude, what the fuck? I'm like, oh shit. Oh, yeah. What am I what am I doing in here? Just that high come, on natural jankum. Yeah, that, that comes into play deeply <laughs> for me. So I was like, they were like, okay. Um and then this is what they said happened is we walked by a group of people that it was like straight fear and loathing shit. This guy, this like sleazy looking like little bald, round, fat, sweaty man was taking pictures of all these girls that were like all scantily dressed up. And I walked right through the middle of them and their faces were like all above me, just sweating and skeezy. And I'm just like, fuck, okay. And that just really did something to me where I was like, okay, this is about to get really weird. And Mm. I guess uh, my friend was like, okay. Look at the mountains. And I just turned to him and go, I can't. They're fucking melting. And it was all orange and green and pink and just, but I mean, 15 minutes in, it's going. Every time I blink, it's like DMT level. Like, and I'm just like, I literally couldn't look at the sky because I was like, oh my God, what the fuck is going on? Like I'm squinting with my mind. I don't even know what's going on up there. It was like digital shit and like rings around the sun and just like clouds and weird glitches. And I was like, okay cool so we get back to my car i'm like unlocking my car trying to get chairs out for people and i'm like putting them on the ground I'm like you got and I'm, I, I get in my tent and i change my clothes 
and I come back and I put my backpack and I'm like, wow, wallet, phone, keys. And my friend Andrew's like, I'll say his first name, Andrew. Yes. He's like, yeah, hey, bud, can you think of anything you did today that would cause this? And I was like, no. He's like, do you take anything else? And I was like, no. And I don't even know if they ever asked me how much I took. Yeah. Because I think it was all unknown the whole time, even if I had said, like, I took a little dropper full. Yeah. They wouldn't know. And mm. the uncertainty of that is palpable. And then he <laughs> goes, is there anything you're like mind is stuck on he's like that often can lead to this kind of feeling and i was like yeah my sanity yeah itself yeah and he's just i see him look down and go oh my god uh, <laughs> this, this couldn't be worse <laughs> oh i forgot the crucial part of this we're walking in my car and they're going they're talking they're like yeah we've had this asset for a long time we've been taking it it's been great except for our one friend trey he kind of had a similar experience to you and i'm like oh okay Literally, that dude's car is right next to mine. He pops out like a movie. He's like, what's up, dude? And they're like, oh, Trey, come here, come here. And they introduce me, and they're like, yeah, he's having a like thing like you did. And he looks me dead in the eyes and goes, oh, what's up, dude? I'm Trey. You're just having a little schizophrenic break. Yeah. And I watched everyone's God face just go, that's not helpful. Yeah. And so he comes to my car with me, and everyone's kind of like sitting around me, like picking grass, just like stressed just like oh my god what are we gonna do and like i can see the dude who gave it to me is just so concerned with me because he's realizing like his responsibility in this is larger than nothing yeah yeah a lot and they're tripping while this is happening so they're like holding on to their own ship they're feeling you i'm sure so how much are they on do you think like a single dose to two hits yeah Yeah, a manageable you you put it in like i've seen people do it you put a drop on you lick it and they were like seasoned trippers yeah like those were dudes that had been puddled before on their own they'd lived through a couple lifetimes of and they were used to this batch in yeah particular. they'd been taking this batch this was like a casual thing this is what they do they go to a festival they take a little <laughs> L. they paint they stay up all night it's light yeah. it gets a little weird but it doesn't get yeah like this. puddled <laughs> yeah and so they're sitting with me in my car and they start to get like kind of irritable with me because i just keep going like phone wallet keys okay it's 636 it's 646 uh-huh. it's 646 and i just keep doing like this thing and i'm just sweating and i'm like i guess one of them goes gives me a zen koan and goes so think about your mother's your grandmother's face before you were born and i just went my mother my parents call my parents i'm fucking dying oh. and then i just oh. i got stuck and that's what started me looping and then I D- guess just the idea of your yes, parents because like, I was like, oh, what have I done? Who yeah. am I? Who am I? What have I done to my life? This thing they've given me. Yeah. And it just spiraled me so hard. And uh, we've since learned when tripping, don't tell people anything other than that they're going to be OK. I was just going to yeah. interject <laughs> yeah. that guy saying, oh, you're just going through a little psychedelic or <laughs> schizophrenic break. Don't do that. Don't fuck with people. If even some, if they are. Even if they are, <laughs> if they're not, if they're on substances. Don't fuck with people. Don't try to set them off on a path, even if you think it's cute or funny I or a good story. I think the story. only thing to say is, like, you're safe. Yeah, yeah you're, you're safe. safe. And what you're going through is normal and yeah. okay, and it's going to end. I sometimes yeah. try to tell people, like, it's wearing off as we speak. Exactly. But That's in your good. situation, I don't even think I could say that because I'd be <laughs> I would have like, laughed at you because I could see through you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this happened. Yeah. So they go, I guess they told me, I, in hindsight, I thought I chose this. They were like, no, we, we definitely suggested that you go to, like, Zendo and medical because you were really, like, freaking out exponentially quickly yeah and they were like once you got to your car and change your clothes it was like going downhill because mm. they were like we just saw it flip where i thought i had some control like i was going to change my clothes and be like lighter and yeah. fluid and get into tripper mode but instead i just was like going swimming mm. <laughs> in the sauce oh man so they take me to medical and i'm just like my stomach fucking hurts like i'm dying call 911 call my mom and the lady in medical is like you put the vitals thing on she's like shining a flashlight in my face and she's like this older woman I could tell had never taken a drug in her life because oh, I can no. see right through her that oh, she no. thinks I'm going to die oh, and that no. she, she's like, I, we don't know what you took, 
We don't know how much of what you took. We don't even know if what you took is acid or anything. So your vitals look okay, but like we can't do anything for you. And this other really- Isn't that crazy? Yes. That your vitals are okay yeah, through all this? as my whole body is like- <laughs> Your existence is falling apart. Yeah, my inner world is just gone and my outer world is sweaty <laughs> and weird and wet and embodied and also like disconnected at some yeah. point. Like a wire got crossed. It's yeah. just- this lady and I start like kind of mocking her because I can just see like that she doesn't know what's actually going on and it's making me panic. This other board like assistant guy they had in medical comes up with a Gatorade and he goes, sip it, don't pound it. And I'm like, sip it, don't pound it. I'm fucking dying, dude. And I'm just like drinking it in his face. <laughs> and that made me feel better because was, he was so bored. I could tell yeah. that like he'd seen a bunch of this shit. Yeah. I was not the first case of his day, but... Which probably helped you in a way, like yes. okay, this other. It seemed very normal, like his being so bored with me, being so extreme, was like okay. Yeah. If everyone was like really concerned, I would have. Makes been it like, worse. Oh shit! Something's really wrong. Like they weren't getting the stretcher out. They didn't call the police. They were like, no, we are nine one one here. We're not gonna call anyone else. Yeah. You're fine. I can call my mom. Call my yelling out phone numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's embarrassing, but I was like, literally, just thought I was like the most lost I could be yeah. besides the DMT trip where everything in your visuals is different. Yeah. This was the closest I could get to that where mm. I was like hiked up there myself a little bit. Yeah. Like airdropped by helicopter <laughs> into the volcano. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, they take, I'm like, my stomach hurts really bad. And they're like, had some people there who were from this thing called medicinal mindfulness, which is the Zendo program. It's yeah. a volunteer run program that they do. They come to festivals voluntarily, get volunteers to help people having extreme trips. And thank God for them. Yeah. They were like, oh, he's got some trauma stuck in his body. We'll take him. And they took me and the two dudes I was with came with me at first into the Zendo tent. And I guess that's where I really lost it. And I don't know how. I Some sort of like thought slip happened where I thought I had died at some point and that they were like in the limbo zone helping my consciousness to the next step. And I was so blown away. I was like, well, they have the little walkie talkies and it says medicinal mindfulness. That's so weird. But I was just like, I'm fucking dying a hundred percent going to die right now. This is the end of my life. Mm. And once I started checking my phone stuff, I remember uh, my friend looking at me and me like, stop fucking doing that. And I made me put them in my backpack mm. and somehow I like managed to hold on to all my shit, which was wow. weird. Like, wow. That's so weird. But I just remember this dude, they had, I think, three people helping me, and they had this girl helping me who was really sweet and calm. I felt her energy very good. And then what I later learned was her boyfriend was sitting next to me going, breathe, take a deep breath. And he's very stern with me. And I was just like, oh, take a deep breath. Well, fuck you, dude. Like, I am going down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then his girlfriend would just be like petting me and like, mm. it's going to be okay. And I would just like curl up and like, then I started looping. At this point is around when I started looping because I lost context of who anyone was. Mm. I thought I was dying and I just kept looping over this thing where I would get up. I would have them walk me to the porta potty. I would try to go into there and do my business. And then I'd walk back. I would go through every emotion possible mm-hmm. <laughs> in probably like seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Not even minutes. Yeah. I probably was doing this every 10 minutes at, at longest. I was probably doing it more. And I looped. So I thought I was kind of like dead laying somewhere, kind of just going through some sort of thought process. I didn't realize I was actually getting up. Take, they take me to the portalette in the festival oh, through all the people. Whoa. It's not a private thing. So whoa. I'm seeing people that I recognize too. And I'm like, oh, what's up, what's up, dude? And they're just like, absolutely not. <laughs> You're being escorted. Yeah, to- <laughs> I'm being escorted to a porta potty with which I open the door, look in, stand like this, holding the door. <laughs> try to take a shit and then just be like, help, help, help. And they open the door a little bit. Like you good. And I'm like, ah, and then they walk me back to the tent. I would cry and I'd go through like, I'm fucking dying. Call my mom. And then I would go into these weirder spaces where I'd be like, 
I'd be like making up word association poetry on based on letters. People would say someone would say something, and her, like the girl helped me. His name's Lindsay. I'd be like Lindsay, love lavender, lilac, and I would just. But I would be Whoa. like really eloquently making up these strange kind of erotic poems. Wow! And everyone was like, "Ooh, whoa, hey!" And then I'd loop, and I'd just be so scared, like baby mode. And I'd be like, I'm fucking dying, I'm fucking dying. And they're like, no, dude, it's okay. And then I'd be like, my name is Bryce. I took too much acid, this is going to end. They're like, yes, you've got mm. this. They're like, we've never seen someone go this deep and still re- retain that. Yeah. That was kind of a blessing and a curse. That was my ego holding on. Yes. So every time I came back to like set, it would be like, my name is Bryce, I took too much acid. And they'd be like, yeah, you're good. But the next 10 minutes, I'd be like angry, I'd be resistant. Then I'd be like super out and like the visuals would overwhelm me. I would see like giant seed of life balls floating around the Holy air. Everyone shit. was like in a green grid coming out of my head, like digitally. And I just assumed that everyone was part of me. Like I died and this was my own consciousness subjectively helping me through other people, people. Wow. So that was weird. Cause I didn't think anyone was real at a certain point. Yeah. Even myself in some weird way. But I was like, Oh, you, they, they gave me these female helpers. That makes sense. They're like, they're the other side of the equation, helping me back to balance and, I was getting like little spiritual insights, but I was really panicked. Mm. And so I'm doing this for hours. Wow. I think I spent about three and a half to four hours in the help tent going through these loops where I was just looping for so long. And I didn't know I was looping Mm. and no one was really like telling me what was going on. I think probably for my betterment, but also I don't know if they knew that like every time they would take me to the portal, it's like uh, cartoonish, like, uh, you know, I'm like going in there and the lights are all green. And it's like expanding and it's just like filthy. And I'm just like, oh my God. And then I just like, get me out of here. And I run back and I'm just been shitting myself for oh. hours and just pissing myself. And I remember going back at one point and being like in the fetal position, curled up. And I'm like, I feel like a shitty baby. And they're like, yeah, go into that. That's Go, go, go towards that. Thinking it was like psychological. It's like, no, I've literally been shitting and pissing myself and I'm in baby mode, Whoa. in rebirth mode. And no one is like helping yeah. No one's telling me like, oh, dude, or like trying to get like that Let's was get cleaned up. Yeah. Or no one knew. And I was like, how do you not know? I've been shitting myself in here for hours. It was crazy. Still no don't one understand. wanted to acknowledge it. Understandably so. <laughs> they were volunteers. They're like, yeah. they're trying to wait for like two hours and they can go party and their shift is over. They're <laughs> yeah. like 100%. Oh and that's God. not lost on me. And the girl yeah. is helping me. She's like spraying me with uh, essential oil. And I just kept being like, Lindsay, lavender. And she'd spray me in the face. And I'd just be like, more, more. And she's like, because it was like this grounding thing. But I was also just like contextless. So anything good was just like that. More. I will take that. And I'm like kissing her feet, thinking she's like the embodiment of the goddess. And she's like, boundaries, boundaries. Oh, my God. And I remember at one point, I just made up like all the, I got like really erotic with it. And I was like holding on to her. And then I remember being really like horny and being like, I'm going to come. And yeah. I was holding on to this mallaby. <laughs> Holy shit. I dude. don't usually tell this part of the story, but this I think it's so worth it. This is so fucking funny. So I'm laying on my chest on the ground after just like word associating wizard poetry. Like I got up <laughs> and I was like in mad mode, like, whoa, just speaking and like going in it. And then I was like, I'm going to come. And they're like, what? <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, okay. And I'm on my stomach and I just break the mala beads and I remember coming. And then I go back into my loops. Oh my god! Yeah, you didn't so, tell us this the no, first time. I you told us that is. I usually don't talk about that part, that, but I think it's amazing. worth it because it's, it's totally worth it. The one of the worst things that when I think about it in hindsight, and I'll tell you why later. But okay. it's just this. <laughs> it ties back in. It's kind of funny, but because it's like, what the fuck? Like I had no context. You know, I had a friend in college take a lot of acid, and he went through a phase where he would like word associate shit, and it was freaking me out. And then I realized I'm doing that, and I was just like, oh. oh but man. I'm running. I'm like running laps, so I'm just mm. like, when's Tipper playing? And they're like, 
tomorrow. And I'd loop for an hour and like, October's playing tomorrow. And they're like, yes, you got it. Another lap. <laughs> but I was going through all of them. And I just remember laying on my back at one point and just being like, I'm going home in a stretcher to an insane asylum or I'm dying right here. And I was just thinking about my whole life and my parents taking care of me into my adult life now that I've fried my brain to pieces <sighs> and being like, what was I looking for in here? Why did I come into this space? Mm-hmm. And then I kept being like, enlightenment, enlightenment. No, I just want to be sober. Mm-hmm. And I kept yelling that. I just kept being like, I just want to be fucking sober. Make it stop. And they're like, it's not going to stop. Yeah. So wow. go with it. And I just couldn't. So I was I like literally like a slide, putting my hands on the side. I'm like, oh, don't make me go another inch. <laughs> yeah. And that slide is moving and yeah. wiggling and trying to take me to freedom. Yeah. That slide is trying to help me. Mm. You know, it is pulling the skin off the snake in the best way it could happen. And yeah. I was just mortified, which I should have been, you know, it was terrifying. Anyone would be. My set and setting was totally wrong. My intention maybe was good. Set yeah. and setting, I'm at a festival with people I don't know. I'm by myself, like primordially alone in that one. Yeah. Because normally I would trip with my friend and I'd be very reliant. Like I said, I'd hand him the reins all the time. Yeah. Like, I'm good, right? And he'd be like, you're fine. You're just sitting there. Mm. This time I had nobody. And I was just very aware of that. And that I was like out in space <sighs> on this planet, birthed from the Godhead and <laughs> God is alone. Mm. And God has insanity and chaos built into Mm -hmm. it. And I got to touch this thing that was so weird that like at the core of self-awareness is what I would call a little bit of insanity. I'm not speaking like huge claims here, but like it's something I've talked to other people who've gotten puddled. It's a core thing. There's just this weirdness because insanity and chaos does exist here where there is nonsense and confusion. And I just went to the core kernel of confusion, which is that, in my understanding at the time was like when the universe broke into pieces and forgot itself the first time it became self-aware that like I'm dreaming, I'm mm. God, I'm dreaming insanity because it couldn't handle the like, they get really close and yeah. it's like the mirror shows up and you're like, I'm everything. Mm. Yep. And you wake up in your life again, like DMT, you wake up, mm. but I was waking up and I wasn't, like getting out of bed. Yeah, I was yeah. shitting the bed. Mm. Rosetta stoned tool style, you know, <laughs> like for real. And it was so weird. Cause I just kept touching the insanity of things and just being like, what is this? Like, it wasn't getting like mystical clarity. It was giving me like this dark side thing to the reality of things where it's like, there is this thing you can touch Yeah, that is unreasonable and not more to logic. It yeah. is the flip side of the coin. They touch, they stand back to back sanity mm. and unsanity, but that's so it's so slim and you realize no one else can tell you if you're sane or if you're no one can see inside Mm. you you're your own window to the world you know eyes of the world but your eyes can be half shut crossed you know the works so that was just deeply concerning and uh i mean i think it's it's so true even in in outside of tripping the people that i've met that um are the smartest people i've ever met i'm talking about like NASA astronauts that have been out into space nine different times. There's this one guy I interviewed, Story Musgrave, and like all of his siblings, he had nine siblings um, who were all geniuses too, and they had all killed themselves and his parents. Like Whoa. 10 people in his immediate family had killed themselves, and he just was just one tick away from that, and he was in a genius level. <laughs> You know, and it feels like I, on acid I could tap into both. Yes. But we never taken doses like that where you have no choice. You and know? I heard, uh, who is it? Johnny Pemberton, that comedian. I he talks about that. he talks about <laughs> taking a big huge dose one time accidentally and going into the space where he's like, I understand how like you could become the darkest version of a human. Yeah. And it's all contained in you yeah. by a razor blade's choice. Yeah. And I felt that, but I wasn't feeling like 
animosity. I was just pure confusion. And mm. uh, I love the Chogim Trunk Trunkpa quote about like glorified confusion. You like take all your confusion and build a shrine to it and call that spirituality. <laughs> I was like deep in that because I was seeing like female Buddha faces like Alex Gray style linked around my head. But I was just like, this is so irrelevant. Yeah. I was like, I can't function in this this realm. Like, yeah. I want to be back to the ground. It's incredible how reliable day-to-day reality is. It's yeah. psychedelic in a dense, crazy way that we can wake up every day and loop through time consistently. Mm-hmm. And that's a gift in some ways. It gives us every day is another try. Yeah. But when you're in that space and you feel like you're going to die, you're like, am I going to have a tomorrow that's the same as right now? Like, where is the linear order in things that's and, what gets swept away from yeah. you the, the linearity of life and, and narratives and stuff just goes right out the window so even that reminder of like i took a drug and it's wearing off of kind of means nothing especially yeah. with acid i'd say yeah. given my experiences since and from especially high doses of things you don't finish them they don't end it's like oh done with my acid trip you just fade back in and yeah. they like re- your awareness levels up a little bit and it just encircles everything and you go forward it's not like a linear start and end it's mm. like an, an encompassing holistic shift of your whole worldview mm. and that's what people don't understand when they trip they're like yo i'm just gonna have a little f-. it's a side quest it's like no that's a holistic shift of your memories your feelings your way of navigating day-to-day life your inner subjectivity your objectivity because mm. those two merge real quick on acid yeah there's no difference between like an objective world and my subjective world i am one and the same mm. well and you kind of have that awareness while you're peeking behind the veil that you're like i'm not gonna be able to unsee this shit like yeah like you're saying mm-hmm. it's in the memory bank now um and then how do you integrate those realities which becomes your awareness of everything and on the flip side of that did you have an awareness of nothingness i Yes, there was just a void feeling, but I think it's a very acid-specific feeling, too. And luckily, I'd had a lot of, like, Buddhist kind of knowledge in my armchair Buddhism in my head, where it's like, I've read a lot of things, never put them into practice. Mm. Acid really helped me be like, yeah, that's what they're talking about. Oh, yeah. But also, God exists, and it's not an embodied personal thing. Like Alison Gray says, it's a force, not a face. Yes. Mm. And I tapped into both of those things in a weird, uncomfortable way, because you almost want to go so far that you end up with, like this thing that cares about you so deeply, which I think people do and can. Yeah. But I was like in the void with just pure nonsense. And I was just like, this is so stupid. Yeah. But I was also like, I came in here for a reason. And that really, same with DMT, that's fucked with me where it's like, who who chose this? How did I know what was going to happen? How would I choose something I didn't know was going to happen? Like, why? What does that even, what adventurous part of the human consciousness is like, I don't know. And I'm going to find out, but thinks it can control the knowing. You cannot, you cannot find out. Yeah. by knowing before you do it. And psychedelics are just a paradox in that way where you find out because you don't know. And mm-hmm. yeah. you go through a whole thing of like, does everyone know this? Is everyone but me tapped into this all the time? That's yeah, a huge that's, when you first start that taking That can make acid. you very paranoid. Oh, yeah. 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 I've had friends go spiral on that where they're like, am I stupid? Yeah. Am I, am I stupid? Do you, you, you know this and I'm just yeah. finding out? And so mm-hmm. there was that feeling of me being like, am I that dumb that I had to take this much to figure this out? Yeah. And that this was even like, non-existent like there was no core insight and that was frustrating but i just felt like i was dying i was going through these things shitting myself pissing myself and at one point i was just like whatever if i died if i've got i've gone i think it was the thought that i'd gone insane and i was like cool that's what my life is now it's just like this and i instantly felt everything lighten up like Mm. and i was like oh perfect surrender acceptance yeah it was acceptance and surrender and it wasn't intellectual it was just purely like this is how it is. 
right now and possibly forever. And I just opened to it and then everything got better. Like every bird, I just started to get playful with it where I was like, what is going on? Like, how high am I? What, where, where am I? What is real? And all of a sudden it started to like get kind of mischievous (laughs) because I, you know, in context, I thought like, oh, I've just, I'm done. I'm done tripping. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about time and acid and dosage and thinking like, no, I just four hour came up like ayahuasca level purging. Yeah. Now I'm peaking. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm in a dark tent that I've been in for hours. So I'm kind of like lost context for a lot of things. And I'm starting to realize the people helping me are real people. Mm. They shift switched out one of my helpers, the girl that I was like kind of cosmically attached to <laughs> Ma- mama went away. Yeah. All the anima went away. All the feminine archetypes oh disappeared. They gave me a new one. Yeah. She was great. They're, they also gave me this like weird wook girl who just kept playing Tipper on her phone because I would loop and be like, when's Tipper playing? And they'd be like, tomorrow. But she was like, you want to hear Tipper? So she's playing me the song Dreamsters on her phone. <laughs> and I just remember being like, how is that going to help me? Yeah, yeah. But I was starting to get loose enough to be like, you're insane if you yeah. think that is fun for me right now. <laughs> I don't want to hear the most psychedelic song I've ever heard in my life off a phone speaker yeah. looking at you with like all your day glow whatever I was just like bless your heart but like you're truly volunteering this you don't understand where I'm at Yeah. they put me next to a dude in a K-hole this dude comes in I didn't know that but I could tell because I was just like in his face like what's up dude <laughs> what's good dude what's up with you man I'm like oh and I just like, talking at him and he's just like Oh, man. And I don't know why they put us next to each other. I think they just thought I was maybe at a time where I could interact with others. I don't even know how many other people they brought in while I was in there. I don't know if it was just me or I lost the world. Yeah, And uh, I saw that dude at a Red Rock show like a year later. We walked by each other on the stairs and silently we're just like, oh, my God. And just gave each other a hug and then (laughs) just walked away. (laughs) It was so beautiful. It's like, oh, shit, dude. (laughs) We've been through some shit together. (laughs) Wordless brother. Yeah, yes. Wow. uh, Yeah, that was funny. And they just... They tried to get me to paint at one point at the end because I was like, I want to paint. And they didn't understand that I was talking about going and painting. They yeah. were like, oh, you want to make art? Uh, we got some like paint supplies here with a little pad of paper. I'm like picking my nose and painting with the blood <laughs> and just losing like child, but like insane child energy where I was like, oh, look at that. Look at that. And I'm just wow. like getting really weird still. I'm still deep in it. And I remember being like, can I go back to my... Can I change? Can I go back to my car? Am I good? Am I good now? I'm starting to get antsy. Yeah. Can I get this? I'm not looping anymore. Yeah. (laughs) I stopped looping and I started to just be really like stabilized high. It stopped, you know, the waves smoothed out and it was like, and uh, they were like, oh, let's give it a little bit. And so I was still in there. And then this girl walks me back to my car. And as she's walking me back, I realized she's a real different human being incarnation that I am. She's not part of my mind. She's been watching me for hours and I'm like, Oh my God, I am so sorry. What is your name? Who are you? And I'm just like, I'm so sorry. And she's like, no, you're good. We've like, we got you. We knew you were going to come out of this. I've never seen anything like that. They were stoked because they were like, you know, sociologically, this is incredible to watch someone go through (laughs) hell and back. And they were like excited for me, which made me feel good. But I remember getting back to my car and I don't have a full memory, but I remember this one terrible thing. It's like I go to my car and I like go into my tent to get clothes and I'm like pulling out my pant leg and I just feel something. I was like, what the fuck? And I had a whole ass turd in my sock. Oh, <laughs> and then it all sock? starts to hit, like just sitting in there. Just wow. sitting for God knows how long. How it got down and I, there. Yeah. <laughs> like I shit myself so well it went into my sock. <laughs> Crazy. But like I just realized the extent of like that was real. You've been just, that wasn't a mind loop. That was a embodied action trip and i'm just 
too high to really understand. I think I'm, I think I had like baby wipes and kind of clean myself up. I changed clothes. I put like on all black and like this weird, like robe tapestry thing. I just went into wizard mode mm. because I was like so elated to be alive. Yeah. I was like, damn, I made it through and I didn't get home in the stretcher and I can talk. And even if I'm this high for the rest of my life, like you can, I you can, can figure it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was in superpower zone. So I was like, I could extra handle it probably better than the me before. Yeah. And I remember it came back. I saw Randall and Morgan the, and they were like, had just seen me at a workshop and they were like, yo, what's up, dude? Like you seem a little, we heard something happened to you. And then I told them they're like, holy shit. <laughs> and they told me a story about a friend of theirs who smoked DMT in a crowd and had kind of had the same thing happen. And then all the artists came around me and like the two that had left me there, found me there. Dude, we didn't think we'd ever see you again. And they <laughs> yeah. were related. And they're like, dude, your voice sounds different and your whole body. You just feel like really like yourself. Like you yeah. seem so meek and weird before. And now you're just like <sighs> open <laughs> And so it was like this weird celebratory thing. And it was like midnight. And I'm looking around at this festival and realizing I'm like the highest I've ever been. But it yeah. don't really con- doesn't concern me. I'm yeah. like excited because I'm like, oh, my God, everything is popping off. <laughs> and I remember this thing my acid dealer in high school told me. I was like, you can smoke weed and ask for things. So I was like, cool. More visuals. And I would sit and look at the ground. And it's like fractal, fractal, fractal. like more. Fractal, fractal, fractal. Breaks open. And it's just a huge electric snake. And I was like, okay, scary. And I was like, I've just been standing like this for 20 <laughs> minutes, staring at the ground. It's a little fried. Yeah, yeah. But I was just like in this weird mode where I was like, if I'm going to be this high, I'm going to explore like a playground. Yeah. Like the real Meow Wolf Hell inside yeah. your mind. They wish it was. You know? <laughs> real like a real amusement park made out of fucking nonsense you don't understand. You're like, I don't know what a fucking tree is. I don't know what any of this is. Yeah. What is this? What does it do? <laughs> and so I was just like standing by my friend and looking at his painting and I was looking at the ground and it was like, oh, that's what he's been painting. Like there's his reference mm. in the ether and there's him and there's the translation and it was so pure and I could just see everyone's oh. like what psychedelic art was in this conduit for people to bring back this weird, intangible, very core part of our world. Mm. And it just emboldened me, but everybody came up to me and was like, yeah, dude, in high school, I poured a vial on my leg. Or someone was like, yeah, I asked for a dose, and the dude poured the whole thing in my hand. So everyone, all the artists were like, yeah, I've been there. All the puddled stories. Yeah, all the puddled <laughs> stories. And it was all it was like being inducted into a weird like family where they're mm. like, yeah, we got you now. Yeah. Now yeah. you know. Join us. Oh, well, and that's yeah. what you were asking And that's for. what I asked for. That yeah. is fucked up, bro. Because I felt so insecure. Like, I'm not trippy enough. And then the universe was like, you're trippy enough now? Yeah. <laughs> Motherfucker? <laughs> like, what do you want? And that's the wow. acid thing. I'm like, what do you want? We'll play. Yeah. We'll give it to you. Be careful what you wish for. You'll oh get it. Oh, my God. Wow. You can't always get what you want. Sometimes you get way more than you want. Wow. Because visually, I mean, you probably didn't even have a ground beneath you. I did, but it was incredible. Like, you know the way... On mushrooms and acid, you get the like signature of the floors fractal up, and you just know like I'm tripping now. Yeah, it was doing that to an extreme degree that was like hypnotic and fun because it was getting weirder and more like bioorganic and sharp and alien, and all the plants were so weird. I spent the next day just smoking weed in my car and looking at plants and just being like, I got to remember this, what this looks like. Mm. I came in here for a reason. I'm gonna study this yeah. visually because I'm like it's not changing. Mm. That's the other thing. I I tripped for over 24 hours with visuals straight. To the point where, like, the next day I hadn't slept, and I'm just smoking weed in my car. And I remember putting headphones on to listen to music, and I could just hear, like, in the back. And I was like, okay, we're not doing headphones. Wow. But I'm just looking at, like, thistle and all these plants just twisting up into these alien, weird, sharp shapes, and the clouds were all weird. And those two things have kind of stayed. Not, like, full visual, but that, that signature is, like, in my mind all the time of, like, what the deep acid world looked like. And everything was very, like, orange and green and pink. And, yeah, just really alien. Like, this frying electrical signal that you reach like a ceiling of acid where you're like it's not getting any different it's just like 
what is Earth? Yeah. And it has a digital feel, and it has this yeah. like very concerning otherworldly like you're also the alien feeling where mushrooms are like you're part of this ancient mysterious alien yeah. thing acid's like i don't know either dude yes they just made me they yeah. just sent me <laughs> i'm new to this too yeah. i like being in your body yeah it's like i like it when you when you let go a little bit this has been fun for both of us <laughs> yeah like, exactly wow. so Shit. the other crazy part of this is i was at cosm the time before i met you guys and i'd worked there for a little bit mm. and i was like i had come back to visit like every year because i had a bunch of friends there and i was had to catch a train to the city to get my flight out. I had like 10 minutes. And my friend Louie comes up to me and goes like, hey, dude, there's a guy in the cafe who says you were humping his girlfriend on acid. <laughs> and I look, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's the dude who was just like telling me to breathe oh. and just being like super stern with me. And he comes up to me, and he goes like, so serious. And he was like, you remember me? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I wasn't going to say anything to you. He's like, he was like kind of mad that I was there, I think, because he was like, this fucking spun wook is like here yeah, in all yeah, places. Like, yeah acting like a normal person <laughs> and i was like he's like do you remember everything and that question haunts me because yeah. i was like the way he said it made me feel like there was so much to it that i don't yeah yeah but yeah. i also have to just trust that like i was being supervised the whole time in that tent they wouldn't have let me go so far out yeah but there's like a shame in that because it's just like dude i tried and i didn't black out i remember quite a lot yeah but it's hard to hold on when the fucking everything's going you're not supposed to like hold on to memory while you're living in the moment yeah. Especially on acid. So it's no. like I'm not recording, yeah. shoving it back in storage instantly. <laughs> I'm not like a phone. I'm like a... Damn, some, I wonder why yeah. he was fucking with you like I that. I think he was mad. I think I was like kissing his girlfriend's feet the whole time and just being very like... But I, at the same time, like what? How can you be held responsible for I that? I wasn't trying to be weird. I was being weird in myself. It wasn't even about other people yeah. because I didn't think they were real, which is one of the dangers of going that hard. And yeah. I've known this. I've seen other people go this far where they don't realize the context of the situation fully and it can be very dangerous for yes. big doses because yeah. you are going boundaryless. So it's funny to me. They made me write a little slip of paper the next day. I went to Zendo and I was like, thank you guys so much. Who was here last night? They're like, Oh, just some volunteers. Like, uh, glad we could help you. Do you want to fill out this little like sheet? This might help you with integration. And it was like, my name is, I was here on this date. This is my intention. This is what I learned. And I just wrote boundaries because she was just nice. slapping my wow. boundaries. But I was like, I took a boundary dissolving chemical. How would I have had boundaries? Yeah. That's yeah. literally the antithesis of acid. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you just have to know yourself and be able to be in a safe space to discern what acid boundaries mean. It's so fragile. Yeah. And boundaries socially are fragile anyway. Mm. So yeah. it was a huge lesson of like, yeah, you can melt the membrane, but you better be in the right community and space mm. that oh, they're ready yeah. to care for you. If that goes a little far and melts into them and you can take it back at the end and be like, yes, I'm everything. And also I have a responsibility of this incarnation. I'm not Jesus. I had a moment in the morning where I was walking with my water bottle in a tapestry sunrise. And I'm just like, I think I'm Jesus. Wow. I think I'm Jesus. I'm like, I'm having the classic yeah, delusion. Yeah. And I catch myself for a second. I go, dude, you just shit yourself in a tent for like four hours. You are not Jesus, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so pure. To, I was like, oh, I see how people go down that wormhole, close the door. Yes. Like yeah. a cartoon. I was like, yeah, I'm not Jesus, dude. That's, but I see how people go there. All the doors were like open, like a magical animation movie or something. You know, I was like, I can yeah. look through that one. Ooh, no. Yeah. I'm not the king of the universe. I'm not Jesus. Yep. I'm just a little dude who doesn't know anything. Oh, and I'm so lucky God. to be walking the earth and the people that helped me at the beginning of Zendo were out at night partying and they saw me painting because when the girl brought me to my easel she, I went to paint and she's like don't touch that and I'm like no pulled my wallet out my ID I'm like this is my name I was here yeah. before I came and she's like holy shit good luck <laughs> hope you make something good which yeah. I didn't I made a garbage painting <laughs> I wrote a poem on the back of it just said uh, reborn from shit for sure looked myself in the eye still don't know why because <laughs> nice. I was like yeah there's nothing good. Like, I'm not I'm just me I'm just more me I'm not more enlightened or anything I'm wow. just more aware 
that I am, and that is confusing and terrible. That's wow. going to be one of your most valuable paintings, I feel. I still have I, it. I think the one you made with the boogers and blood, though, that's yeah. going to be. I want to see that, yeah. Yeah, but one like, day when you're long gone, people are going to be like, how do we no, find No, it's funny because everyone asks me, like, you still have the painting? I'm like, I don't, it's nothing. It's like, it was such a, it was like a sketchbook of the moment. Everything I've made since is an integration of that. And I was going to just with bring the that sober up. skill. Yeah. It's been me integrating that trip and my DMT trip for six plus years of just every time I paint, I'm literally just taking all of that and putting it into art because it's the only place I can put that and music where I can put that unspoken world for people who know like a sign. And I've had people who know come up and be like, holy shit. And every time I'm like, I'm not enough or I'm not tripped out enough somebody points out like just how fucking weird it all is yes. and what's coming out of me. And I'm like, true, no responsibility for it. I'm just trying to pay dues on what I was given. Yeah. Mm. It's a gift and it's not a curse. It's a beautiful thing. Cause I was kind of perma tripped out and it yeah. became so sensitive. And so I'm trying to honor that yeah. the fool, honor the fool by becoming like the wizard and like alchemizing the journey of the one who doesn't know and being gentle with it and being like, here, this is the warning on the gates. This is what I learned. I love all the psychedelic musicians who did that for us. Rocky uh, Erickson, Sid oh. Barrett. Those tales became very, Brian Wilson, they became very permeable for me because it's just like, oh, dude. I realized those people were the ones I was the most attracted to because they're the farthest out on the fringe. Yes. They're, right on, they're sitting on a yep. fence that you're not supposed to even touch. And I hate that I had to join part of that for a little bit. But at the same time, that's kind of what I wanted. Yeah. And I have to be honest about that, that I wanted to be a dude who went far. And, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you did it. And I did it. And I still feel insecure, which is great. There's yeah. still a part of me that's like, oh, I didn't get to like take acid and see Jerry. And like, yeah, yeah, I didn't, yeah, yeah. oh, I didn't do this, but I've paid some dues that when I talk to normal people who've never tripped, I'm like, oh, even the way I see day-to-day life is just acid yeah. colored. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, when I found you guys, it was this like, oh, cool, family. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. That was a big part of it. It was like, I just felt like, this connection, this invisible connection with everybody else who's ever tripped hard and who's curious. Well, that was who's us. not tripping to party. Who's tripping for wisdom? Well, right away when we first took acid, it was like uh, we became obsessed with the Grateful Dead. But I, I remember being like, "Did David Bowie do this? Like, like did the Stones do this? Like, like thinking about all the music that's been so close to my life. I'm like, how much of this did, did Sid Barrett do? How much did Rocky Erickson do? And like just becoming obsessed with like, how did they get to this point? And we're very similar in that way because that became an obsession of mine that I just realized that I was being led my whole life. You know, like I was a huge Circus Survive fan. So when I found out Colin Frangicetto just was a huge psychedelic person, I was like, oh, he's leaving breadcrumbs. Inside everything I'd ever loved was a psychedelic breadcrumb. My parents were big Pink Floyd fans, big Tool fans. You know, they had tripped in their young days. There was psychedelia in my blood that it just made sense. Like even in high school, I was straight edge. And I just remember being like, someday I'll, I'll, I'll take psychedelics. Cause they, that's what all the artists are doing. And yeah. That's how they made all this weird shit. The stuff you like. Yeah. The stuff <laughs> I love and the stuff that even now mystifies me. Cause I'm just like, Oh, they were in it, in it. Yeah. And then Ram Dass became like the big, big one for me. I'd known Ram Dass for a long time, but after that trip, I was like, there's somebody who's been where I've been. Yeah. Who's showing you like, yeah, that is a limited room. Mm. You can also walk into this other room and like, this is how you live with that awareness where you're never going to forget that. What are you going to do about it? Mm. Mm. I was kind of mad at first. I felt like I had been like the wool pulled over, like that they had convinced me, like the Beatles had convinced me that this was a good idea. And I had had such horrible trips that I was like, why would you want to do this to me? Like, why did the Beatles make all that music? Like why? And also like, I don't, when I, the trips were so hard at the beginning that I was like, I wanted to protect people from doing it. Yeah. Like, you don't need to do this. Like, r- reality's cool. Like, you don't need to fucking burn it all down. I went, I went far out for you to stay in. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I, even my partner, she's talking about DNT. I'm like, I don't, 
no, like I, I did it for you. No, like you don't you're need. Good. <laughs> yeah, unless it, if you're already having hesitancy, I'm never going to be like, you should, you gotta. Yeah. I'm like, no, ride, ride in this world because I went in there and man, like you got to know what you're getting and oh, you, yeah. you have to become a different person when you see those things. Like there was life before DMT, there's life after. Yes. And that can be really hard. You've talked before about the grieving of your mm. old selves that yeah. you have to do when you yeah. trip like deeply. Yeah. yeah. That's real. And it's kind of weird and painful especially if you're still trying to hold on and build an ego especially if you don't have a structure of people in your life or if you don't know about ramdas or the grateful dead or have a bunch of head friends like to fucking delve into these worlds is very 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 all that said i'm really glad i've done psychedelics and i like this version of myself a lot better which and then i think this will be interesting to talk to about your journey post these experiences because for me it's been like totally anti-anxiety healing i don't know how else to put it like i you had, burned it all out i it like maybe because i did it more responsibly or didn't go as far out like the harder trips became what allowed me to find more peace in a day-to-day way that i'm like infinitely grateful for like the the amount of presence i now have because i had to get so far lost in the sauce to see how my mind worked that i'd be like oh it actually doesn't serve me to not live in the moment do you know what i mean yes and i mean one of the things I, I should go into the second part of this, which is my mental health journey after this. Yeah, that's totally. a huge part of this to what you're speaking to, but also yeah. your Soma experience. You were talking about things that reminded me so much of that trip for me mm. where I was like, Oh, I felt for you. Cause I was like, she's, she's, she went down into the, the level I know yeah. and yeah. I don't wish anyone to go there, but I also like am here for anyone who's gone there. And that was a big part of when that happened to me. I was like, I just want to help people who did this. Cause this is like not a journey that's easy to navigate afterwards. Cause you're just, you're just a person going through the rest of your life and it can yeah. be really almost like a gaslighting psychic feeling to be like, I went there. I saw that. And now I got to go to work and do the, it's like the Ram Dass thing. Like, you know, know your zip code, but like yeah. but that, that can be a weird integration and there's not a map. There's no elders. There's no, besides like Ram Dass and the dead. Yeah. There's a very like few elders in Western American LSD society for how to live your life after you've gone that deep. And we have so many like warnings on the gates of like cults and people who've, develop schizophrenia no one thinks of these other things and this is what happened to me is that after that trip i had had inklings of obsessive compulsive behavior and i had for years before this trip and i didn't realize it until very recently but i'd like i'd attribute it to smoking weed Mm because i was like i'm getting anxious and forgetful so every time i would like smoke weed and i'd be like did i check the door did i check the door did i check the door okay cool but i just thought like i'm smoking weed and i just forget and Mm -hmm. that made sense I smoked weed for decades every single day. I could count like the na- number of days I didn't smoke on one hand. And it was like yeah. traumatic, you know, like, oh, I didn't smoke on that day. Yeah, yeah. June 22nd. Oh. That was a tough day. Yeah, the day before <laughs> Thanksgiving. Holy shit. But then I smoked that resin. I was like really yeah. into smoking resin. I was deep, like addicted to weed yeah. in a problematic yeah. way that wasn't serving me where I was like, you know, I'm, I'm bon- gravity bong hitting resin, mm. like crazy, wow. sh- like fiendish shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? And so I just attributed all this behavior to the fear that, and anxiety that weed was making me. But weed was actually showing me something. It was showing me how anxious I actually was the whole time and how I'd never integrated that part of me from mm. the DMT trip, from my first acid trip, from my whole traumatic childhood, which was very real. And I didn't realize, like, when you have a lot of trauma from being a child, when you trip, your brain kind of can go into, like, I'm not safe mode because uncertainty chaos are very hard to accept when you grew up with those. And I'm sure yeah. you guys understand that. Yeah, totally. And you guys like seem like you went manageably. Like you took yeah. a step 
around the mountain and I just like ran up and jumped in the volcano. I was like, dude, it's hot as fucking hell. Don't do that. We're, like, like, we're still making our way You up guys there. are like touching it on the side and yeah. ladling it and looking at it. And I'm just like, it's really fucking hot. <laughs> you know, it's going to explode. Wow. I think part of too, as you're saying this, I'm realizing um, like how you're like, weed is trying to tell you something. I think with these loops, because they're very strange, I think they're trying to tell, if if the loops are making you uncomfortable, it's trying to tell you the loops that are your day-to-day life maybe make you feel un- yes. very uncomfortable. Well, Don't fall into the loop of uh, work, drink, f- pass out, work, drink, pass out, coffee. Work, you know what I, I mean? mean I Those are it. loops. It brings the big question. Your whole yeah. life is a loop. Yeah. It's a cycle of cycles, and yeah. it is really odd yeah. that we get a repeated day every day to wake up and just like robot level refresh, try again with the memory of the last one. Yeah. It's a beautiful gift. If you're disciplined and you have a good people around you, you can like make this life anything you want. And it's actually insane gift from the universe, which is another thing I'll get into, I guess. Mm. But I developed OCD because like that trip of just shitting myself in that tent, I realized like in hindsight, after I came out, I like went and smoked a joint with a bunch of people. I was like high as hell, like off this planet high. And I was smoking weed, which is, in hindsight, not. Like, oh man! But you I said you started smoking. Crazy. I was like, I know you guys say, yeah, it, dude. Even saying it now, I can just feel the feeling when you're on acid and you smoke weed, and it instantly that just. First <laughs> time. Yeah. You're yep. like, God damn it! Whoa! I wasn't coming down. I that's was when I get thinking. the loops. Yes, that's when everything gets really confusing. Well, and that's I, what McKenna said. That's when acid is really interesting. Is when you include weed with it. It's, it's actually like, <laughs> I, dude, it's one of the weirdest ex- yeah. subjective experiences, and people make it so normal. I think I it's know. so funny that it's normalized. I remember that, like I said, my weed dealer being like. Like, yeah, you just smoke weed and ask acid for what you want. That is <laughs> wizard level shit that should not be handed to beginners because it's Definitely like not. so fucking weird. And your brain has to like handle so much. It has to loosen up yeah. all its like tethers very quickly to expand that fast. Mm. And I got really scarred from both DMT and smoking weed on acid for the smoking something and then having everything go. Yeah. The feeling of exhaling and then just everything changing. And then you're like, it's too quick. Mm. to like handle for I think my mind so the OCD is like almost the ego's compensation yes. for so fucking this is perfect with it. this yeah. is my ego went so deep and I held on so tight that it was like cool we're never gonna let this happen again so I started to have memories of my trip where like I remember smoking a joint with someone and I was like oh fuck I have like literal shit in my fingernails and I'm sharing a joint with other people that is so irresponsible yeah, yeah. and it is yeah and I was like I shit myself in a tent for hours I'm never gonna let that happen again and I consciously and deeply subconsciously so for years I just blossomed like a terrible flower of OCD behaviors where I started like being unable to do that. I just kept thinking things were wrong with my body. I would like go to the dentist and be like, look at my mouth. What is that thing? What is that thing? And then I, they'd be like, you're good. Two weeks later, I'd be like, no, no, seriously. And I'd be like inspecting my mouth in the mirror, wow. Googling all these things and like thinking I had like these cancers or that I was like giving people diseases. That was my first one. I thought I was responsible for harming other people that I didn't know it and I needed to know. I needed to be certain that I wasn't harming other people because mm. I felt so out of control. And then I started to develop very like primal body-based things where like I couldn't go to the bathroom and take a shit like a normal person anymore. And for years up to last year, that like peaked where I could almost barely go to the restroom in under two and a half hours to take a shit. Wow. It was taking like two and a half hours to just like go to the bathroom and go to work. And I'd be so drained after that. I'd, I could do like one thing a day. Yeah. I would be like in the bathroom for hours then I'd be in the shower doing this like repetition. I would wash my hands on my forearms and I like would have all these little rules where it's like, oh, I can't, if I touch my hands, I go back and wash them or I take mm. a shower, got to change my clothes every minute. Like it got wild and I got so used to it. And I just had this little thread in me that's like, 
all the psychedelia. And I was like, where is that? Where is that part of me that's free and in truth and in presence and love? Because right now I am like deeply lost. And that I part could, of you is scared from overexposure. Yeah, and I could it's feel hiding. it. The witness didn't, was like, yeah, yeah, we see you, dude. We can't help you right now. The ego's too strong. Yeah. It was like an ego disorder. I had a looping certainty and doubt-based disorder and discipline disorder. I had discipline for all the wrong things. Yeah. I'd wake up every day at 5.45 in the morning so I could go to the bathroom and get to work at 11 a.m. and I'd still be late. I'd be going to work at 1 in the afternoon, 2 oh, in the afternoon. Dude. And I was getting so fragile. And last year on my birthday, uh, I just remember talking about how like thin I was at the time to Hannah, my partner. And she was like, yo, I'm worried about you. Like, a hundred percent. I'd been so resistant. I'd been in therapy, talk therapy. I'd gone through three therapists at that point. My first one had OCD. She couldn't help me. Mm. She was like, you're triggering me. Like, I can't help you. I'm in this too. Yeah. And wow. that was kind of wild to realize That's how severe wild. it was for me. Yeah. Where I made it so normal. I was like, no, I'm still going to work. I have a girlfriend. I, was yeah. like, I make, make music. I make art. And it, but it was like razor's edge functional. And yeah. I got to this point where I could just see it in her face when we were at dinner. And I was just like, oh, I'm like, bad, bad. And this is someone who loves me enough to be like, dude, you are actually like very, very bad right now. And like, mm -hmm. I love you. We need to do something. And she was like, my, her, my therapist and her were just kind of like, yo, try medication for this because yeah. it's like, cause I wanted to do the other way, man. I wanted to like, I'd taken mushrooms after this whole thing and they'd helped me. So I wanted to do like a micro dose thing. And I tried little bits, but I still was a dude with OCD tripping. Yeah. I remember taking a big dose of mushrooms at Cosm uh, after that acid trip and I just remember thinking I lit the entire forest on fire because I couldn't, the colors were changing oh my like God. so rapidly. And I had smoked weed up at the hill, top of the hill. Yeah. And I remember like going back up in loops and I'm like, oh, okay, it's not, it's not on fire oh. for like half hour where oh. I'm just walking back up wow. and be like, but I'm tripping. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I didn't, didn't light on fire. But, but I the just OCD forget. was going yeah. into another level. So that's like gave me a little bit of this weird thing where I was like, okay, I'll meditate my way out of this. So I was meditating every day. I was doing like Sufi meditation. I was doing like insight. I'd done Vipassana retreats. I was doing that. I was like trying to like manifest my way out of it yeah. through new age things, through crystals, through, and it wasn't working. And I just was like, whatever. Cause I could see that I was about to lose my job, about to lose my girlfriend and about to almost be like disabled. Yeah. Like I could barely do anything. It was so wild. Like I'd wow. get up, go to the bathroom for like two and a half hours and then just be like, I'm going to lay down and take a nap and then I'll come over and like, I can't even make dinner. I can't. Yeah. But I was just like, I'm, 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 I'm making it. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, and I didn't. Yeah. I had a couple of moments where I saw myself in the mirror and was like, Oh, I don't even know who that is in there. Like, how did I get so lost? And you're like lost in all these rituals. Rituals. And, yeah. It's weird. It's like, and I was a very religious minded person, so it was interesting to see the the literal flip side of discipline, ritual, mm. cleanliness, clarity. It was just literally like the dark version of all of it, and it's like these are all okay things but you're doing the like worst version of them and it's not helping you. It's harming you. You're trying to keep mm -hmm. yourself safe and it's harming you so much more than keeping you safe. So I, yeah, I went on Prozac in February and I am like in a world of difference, Game but changer. it's built on all the psychedelics I took. Yes. Yeah. So I have a map and I just for whatever it's worth, I took acid after that trip a good amount of times. Like wow. I would take like the quarter of a tab yeah. and I would be fully gone. So sensitive that if I held acid in my hand, I would be like, Nope. Okay, like I'm. Yeah. There were times where someone handed me a tab, and I'm like, okay, no, put it over there. And I'd just be like, whew, I'd smoke weed, Whoa. and I would go into like a flashback. And I smoked weed for so long that I, I made myself like, okay, okay with it. Yeah. I'd like start freaking out and be like, okay, in 20 minutes you'll be good. You just keep painting. But yeah. I was like having experience. I smoked weed one time with my parents and just totally forgot the context of reality. Like they were talking to me, and I was like, not. It was like coming out of a DMT trip where you're like, who, what? 
Yeah. What, but it was like instantaneous. Whoa. Like we were watching a movie and they're just looking, talking at me normally. And it's like, everything was unreal. And just like, I had derealization, depersonalization for months, mm. which was really concerning. That was before that acid trip Oh wow. where I thought everything was fake. And like in a dream, I was starting to develop like little delusions that I was in a, co- in a coma and not fully awake or that I was still smoking DMT and not fully out of it. Mm. And I would like smoke weed and instantly start panicking. Like I was going to really wake up. I would start touching a very real truth of reality, which is that we are God dreaming. Yes. But my ego and my world wasn't ready to integrate that. So every time I smoked weed, it would just happen to me. And it was so alarming. And mm. I just say that for anyone who's ever had that happen. Cause there's no way to put it into words. It was just like reality wakes up and I'm like, Oh, how the fuck did I get in a body? It was like smoking DMT yeah. casually every day. Yeah. And it was just so jarring to my brain. Who was trying to heal that it like enforced more, trouble and i was Mm. just like i got it i'm in some sort of mystical thing i don't have control over and i'm really grasping at the impermanence of things like i knew everything's impermanent and changing and i was trying so hard to build castles in the sand and like (laughs) hold on and fix them and be like no 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 stay just stay but i was tied to my human body function which made it really debilitating where it's like i can't even take a shit and i have to do that every day for the rest of my life and that's a good thing yeah everyone's doing it it's not a problem and i'm making it a problem yeah And so it was just really difficult. And I had had a mushroom trip in 2018 that made me stop tripping because I took mushrooms that uh, were given to me by somebody I love and such a little dose. And I was just like, whatever, I'm going to take them and paint. I was like house sitting. I was sitting in the garden and all of a sudden I just started pouring tears and I could just feel the loving presence of God being like the freedom to exist is that anything can happen, but you're safe. You could have your, you could have the worst life. It can really hurt. It can be traumatic and evil and dark, but that's because true love is to let freedom out. It's not mm. free if I don't let you have that. You have to have it all. Mm. Every single experience. If you're going to be truly capital F free, you get everything, but you're safe at the end. You're held in God. And I was just so floored. I mean, like, I went and tattooed it on myself so I could remember. Yeah. That's when I fell in the Ram Dass hole because it was just like, it's a really weird thing to talk about. I don't like I talking about it because people don't understand what I mean, but it's not like, they're like, why does tragedy happen? It's like, cause you're free, big yeah. free. Yeah. And that's so hard to deal with. Yeah. You're so held and paradoxically so free that it's dangerous, but it's not dangerous to your being at the core. Mm. And it's really weird. And yeah. like, that's a weird thing to hold on to. And after that, I was like, I think I've gotten enough trips for the moment to just like integrate all of this for a while. And so I got really into Vipassana meditation, went and did the 10 day retreat, Sweet. which didn't even like, didn't have a mystical feeling. It was like a bad acid trip for days. I was just remembering shit from childhood that I didn't remember dealing with trauma, but in a weird way where you're just like, what do I do with that? What the fuck? Yeah. What the mm. fuck is in my brain? And I you just, can't talk about it or write anything yeah. down. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> it can be really hard for people with trauma specifically. Yeah. So I wouldn't recommend doing any sort of like silent retreat for people with deep trauma because it, you're just like, it's like tripping the yeah. you that makes the choice isn't the you that has to live through it and there's no getting out. Mm. So I like that. That's the psychedelic part of me that likes the locked in the cage until I get it kind of vibe, but that's not for everyone. And it's not, it's kind of like psychically damaging to myself. And that's why I had to be like, okay, gentle embodied methods of healing. Mm. So I got on the Prozac. I've gotten deeply into meditation, making art, making sure I honor that part of me that went so far out. Yes. Cause I, I also can't escape it. There's no part of me that wants to, I, I want to keep going. I'm jealous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear about you guys tripping and I'm like, Oh man, I'd love to take acid and go to wean or like yeah, yeah. have fun again. Yeah. Instead of being like burdened by my own being t- with this like stupid cosmic responsibility and then making 2d images about it. And yeah. Music. It's really silly. You're like, I'm just making a picture. Uh, you I'm know? jealous of you. 
you know, I'm like, I need to trip in all this stuff. You have permanent access to it and the skills to make the music and the painting. Like your visual art blows us away. Like I should have started by saying that, but like you're one of the top tier psychedelic visual artists I can imagine. And, uh, and you, you tap into those realms. And I love that you're saying that you want to honor that you've been there. You know, because I think a lot of people in your situation would turn their back on all that shit. That'll make you go crazy. Maybe not crazy. paint anymore. Yeah, even. like I, I, it's the only. It's like releasing a valve. Yeah. Especially because it's wordless, and I don't plan, and it's really just a conversation between me and myself and the, yeah. the universe. Same with music, even more. So I was a musician long before I was a painter. Oh, okay. So like being a guitar player, that's like I remember taking acid and playing guitar and be like, oh, this is my thing, not painting. Don't don't paint. Yeah. And I kept doing them both in parallel. Because it was just like, I need all the outlets I can get. Yeah. And now I'm getting more into like, you know, I know you're a runner. I've been getting yeah. into running exercise. Yeah. More embodied things. Because I tried so many new age things, man. I wish they worked. If they really worked, I'd be in, <laughs> I love some of them. Tarot, huge fan of tarot. Yeah. Big astrology nerd for a while. Low risk, low reward behaviors is what I call them. Because <laughs> yeah. you're not, if you know how to read your own mirror, super helpful. They're just a check-in. It's but another you, tool. Yeah, it's yeah. another tool, but they don't mean much. They're not like prophecy and Especially doom. when you're not good at listening because you're stubborn or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you I ever, found that lately. I'm like, okay, keep seeing the messages and then I'm like, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, let's try a different phone. Pick up a different phone. Yeah, you're like, see, shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, not that. Yeah. <laughs> that. That can happen and like, you know, I've had friends get lost to synchronicity after big trips too, which yeah. is yeah. a big one and that can happen where you start like you're seeing signs everywhere, but they're not leading you to anything mm-hmm. yeah. or you're not hearing them correctly or you're attributing too much. I mean, Robert Anton Wilson had the whole thing about the death charge. Yeah. It's very real. You, I've been there where you're just like, I smoked weed one time and every single thing that happened within a five minute span, second to second was a synchronicity. So it was like, yeah. I looked at this thing, the song said this, the TV said this, I read this word, I felt yeah. this emotion and it's, like no Lampert's thing, it's just terrifying. You don't yeah. want everything to be a sign. I know. It's nice when you're like got the veil on for a minute. Yeah. The, the confusion is built in. So there's this paradox you have to deal with with tripping that no one has ever really mapped out quite right, other than yeah. like Ram Dass, Robert Anton Wilson. Some of these people, I think ancient cultures probably had a better map for oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got nothing. And I LSD know. is a Western thing. I became I obsessed with the history of LSD because it's like the CIA and the government. And LSD, LSD is a Western psychedelic. Everyone else has an indigenous counterpart. LSD yeah. was the first Western Wild West psychedelic. We still don't know what the fuck we're doing with that. Oh, absolutely and not. And so it's so fun to be on the Wild West of your mind with yeah. a bunch of rowdy weirdos that like, you know, mushrooms have an indigenous thing. I don't feel like I'm stepping on anything's, anyone or any culture's toes when I take LSD. No. So no. it's fun to be haunted by that ghost specifically more than like, oh, I had five dried grams and I don't understand this ancient thing. Yeah. I was like... I was, that's the perfect drug for white people in, in, in America, America? <laughs> yeah. in 2023, where everything's getting very odd and surreal and culture wars and yeah. acid is just ripe. And we, we live in a really weird time to have taken this clear, mm. silent chemical that just erupts everything and is somehow built into everything. Yeah. Our culture, once you look at acid in American culture, there is no American culture without acid. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree a thousand percent. And, uh. Yeah, it's you know I I wonder as you're saying this if it's a dosage thing and if we've just been we're able to keep this going for so long because we've never really taken more than three hits and like like the other day right before we went to the Ween show I caught like a wave of like seven synchronicities happening at once it doesn't happen to me all the time but when it does um I almost went there I almost went into the like what the fuck mode but I it's I'm not trying to say I'm too smart for it I just don't think I take enough to get fully lost in that. 
I'm just like, that was cool. Well, I think you guys also tripped in your adult life. Yes. And I tripped when I was in my younger 20s into now. I'm just 30 now. So, like, okay. I kind of learned the ropes before the ropes were even in front of me. You uh, know? Yes. Yeah, you yeah. guys have, like, an inbuilt ego that you got to dismantle and reference. Like, yes. oh, I was this way, and I'm getting presented this way. I was kind of like, yeah. and many people I know took acid even, like, 15 and blew their whole circuit before the circuit was built, mm-hmm. and Godspeed. But you guys I like because you did it in this interesting way where you were, like, had enough of an ego to watch your ego throughout the process. Like yeah. I almost wish I could do that. Like, yeah. because like I said, my ego just clamped down. It was like, everyone acts like you take acid, you take ayahuasca, you have no ego, you're enlightened, you help everything. It's like, yeah. no, my ego tightened down. I became more somebody with more problems <laughs> yeah. than I made myself. <laughs> yep. That I am only the one responsible for dealing with. Like what the fuck is like a loop in itself. Yeah. I made myself a problem. Yes. I made myself a problem. And it's just like, we don't have a mat. No one's a helping hand to pull you out of your loop and be like, Hey, yes, you are existing. You are subjective, important. Get out of yourself Yeah. because you just tighten when you feel scared. And you guys, I like, cause you had that little bit of like rational or Shane Moss where he's just like, yeah. goes so deep and he's like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not buying that though. I, and I think that's so invaluable. I agree. Like when you hear McKenna say like, I've shopped the spiritual supermarket my whole life and there's nothing for me there. It's like, we're kind of at that stage. And again, I think it has to do with us being together, the dosages we've taken. And also, and this is critical for you, we have art to pour it into. There is a way to integrate this. If somebody hasn't, if, I don't know, I had a passion and a vision for my life that had to do with filmmaking and psychedelics happen to make it a lot better. You know, and for me, I'm very, very, very grateful because I think even if we stopped now, the films are forever going to be better because we feel more connected because of psychedelics. Whether that's illusory or not, I don't know, but I don't think it is. So that's why we do it. And I'm, I'm just like, this, the story you tell is terrifying, but like, uh, you have your art has probably gotten way better because of it. And at least you had something to pour it into. What terrified me would terrify me more is if. You were just a wook who had no like painting or music to turn to or this or that because those are the people that just keep going back and chasing the dragon for that experience again because that that experience is the thing for you the thing is guitar or yeah, painting it's or to put whatever. it somewhere else yeah. in the show and that's the things I respect. I also had really strong family support where I could t- I told my dad immediately when it happened to me and he was like super bummed yeah. but they weren't like what the fuck yeah they were there to like hold space for me. I lived with my parents for like five years around this time so I had a really that safe container yeah. which I wouldn't you know it's not necessarily the best thing for development in other ways yeah but I think I needed that like a safe I was at home and relearning how to be a person and Rebirth. now I at 30 I finally feel this last year like oh cool i'm born yeah it's a long it was a long birth and it was a home birth and yeah. uh, it was and an it, inside job what's with a crazy lot of is it factors. times out with your saturn return yeah like you know i became a totally different person and you know i'm very grateful and like i have that part of me that just wants to go back to the fountain yeah it's a common image i refer to as just like going back to the fountain to try to stay there forever yeah it's not meant to do that you got to accept the gifts you're given and i think in our western culture we especially with psychedelics go more more often bigger experiences like have you tripped at this thing with this thing in the eclipse with tipper (laughs) we go all that way that's a very it's a very western way where i was like what if i've been given the greatest gifts already and it's my job to live them now like i was given so much in such a short amount of time Mm. that i have to stop thinking about more and start thinking about like what i've been given and deep gratitude because like I wouldn't trade it for the world. I would never go back and not do that. Yeah. That's the weirdest part. <laughs> but I think that's the part that helps me the most because I'm not like, oh, that was a huge mistake. Yeah. 
I'm like, that was very unpleasant and unfortunate for lots of parts of myself and others around me, but I would not have not done that. I'm very grateful that I went that far. There was always going to be a part of me that wanted to know. Mm. And now that I found out, there's a part of me that still is like, oh, still more stuff to know. And I get, I get to feel the itch and be like, oh yeah, that's the unscratchable itch. Yes. That's what makes art. Mm-hmm. That's what makes you go further in this life for wisdom, for truth, for beauty, for love. Mm. It's that itch. Yeah. And if you just scratch it every once in a while and don't expect it to go away, it can be really beautiful. I think we have a thing of like that constant discontent, the samsara. Yep. We want to really snuff that out and it's not going to go away. So I think the art is the way that I handle that. That's just how I handle living and being alive as I make art. It's really meaningless. I make a 2D image with plastic and water <laughs> of some nonsense thing that references a feeling I had in a synesthetic state years ago <laughs> And I name it something after a song I listened to that someone made in the seven. Like it's stupid. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. inconsequential in a lot of ways. And I love that. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. I'm not like I made this temple and monument. It means things. It's yeah. like there's a window. You can look through it. And if you know that window might be comforting. Yeah. And if you don't know that window won't make any sense and it might guide you somewhere. I don't think everyone needs to trip, but I know a lot. Most people in America at this point have tripped once. And yeah. uh, I think we need people to hold the signs up and be like, Hey, warning. Yeah. Deep hole warning loop. You know, like that's why we wanted to have you on. Yeah. 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 I appreciate it. Cause like, I know we've talked about this for a while and well, it's, I mean, like, look, we, when you first told us this story, we'd be like, we should have Bryce tell that story on the podcast, but it's so much more ripe now. Four years later, literally didn't recognize you when you came in yesterday. Yeah. I was like, Whoa, that's you. And then like, you start telling me this stuff and I'm like, that's why I didn't recognize you at first. You look like a different person. You're radiating something different than in 2019. Like. You're not, you're not smoking weed. Yeah, so and it's like, not a judgment. I wish I miss it. I miss it all, man. If I could be like the spun wook that I was in 2019, yeah. part of me would love that. But part of me is just out of necessity, had to build myself a different way. And it's comforting when I surrender to it because, yeah. it is, like I said, I feel insecure, but it is, I'm a deeply psychedelic person, whether I want to be or not at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just try to honor it. And But it's like, it's nothing also. Because mm. like, I'm still just learning to be human. There's this uh, great spiritual teacher I follow who's just like, be human first be a yogi second yes and i think i spent a lot of time in my 20s trying to be the other thing first be the wizard before i ever had been an apprentice to the mystery yeah. i wanted to know and i wanted to show people i knew now i'm just comforted being like a confused person in the crowd with everyone else and being mm-hmm. like hey what's up dude like you need water do you, you, you need help do you need a hug do you just want to have fun do you like can we lighten the mystery the dead yes. way yes like a bait i always call it hippie babysitter music and i love the dead but it's yeah. like people are like it's not trippy i'm like it's not meant to blow your mind it's meant to hold you while your mind is blown yeah yeah yes. perfect the dead just come for you when you go there so my love for the dead has grown so much over the last years that it's like comical because i was yeah. always like so critical my friends would show me the dead and i'd be like no tipper tipper's crazy it sounds psychedelic yeah yeah, yeah. or like the mars volta these bands that are spastic and crazy they're trying they're to trying sound to a be far way. out yeah. and then i was like no the dead are so weird their lyrics make no sense at yeah. some level and they're so deep and i just got I was like, this is medicine. I would like text my friends crying, just like the dead is medicine. It's healing me. Yep. And that's been a big thing for me, walking myself back home is oh, the dead. The, we wouldn't trip the dead, without them. Yeah, without the dead, I wouldn't even be here sitting in this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it, music and the dead was the thing. And that's what got me to you guys. Because like, yeah. you had the rock and roll and punk connection. Yeah. yeah. But the love of the psychedelic music from the... I was like, they left us maps, man. Yeah. We're busy like looking at EDM and stuff, which is great. Yeah. I'll probably be bummed that I didn't give it more time in the future but yeah. we were left a lot in a short amount of time rock and roll is so young i know so young i know don't turn your back on it that's why most of the stuff i listen to i'm going back i'm always like 
finding new things from the 70s. It seems like there's a period in the 70s that like my soul is from. And like there's remnants or 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 maybe it's like a thing my dad passed down because he was out here in Denver drinking fucking gym some weed and smoking weed and taking acid and hitchhiking all over the place and seeing the dead. But that shit got interrupted with family, kids, responsibility. And now like I get to really fucking do it. So it feels like uh, that music like imbued on him and came through the DNA and it just found me at the time of my life when I needed it because I was like you. I was like, get this shit out of here. This sounds... What is this? Ding, 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 like ding, corny ding. country, but even yeah. worse, like I, I, yeah, worse. children's country or something. I don't yeah, know. yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I'm like, I've never heard better music. And I don't know if it takes LSD to hear that. I've mm. ne- I know people that were like, I, it's similar, similar for me where I was like, I kind of started it as a joke. Like, I've taken acid. They took a lot of acid. Let's see what they did. That was us and on our first And it starts as a little trip. joke. And yeah. you're like man, these lyrics are silly. And you throw like a, Touch of Grey. You're yeah, like, <laughs> there's like a guardian at the gate that is like, yeah. if you can't handle the like, silliness of it you don't get into the actual sincerity of it and then it fucks you up hard when you realize like what's in there yeah and you can't go back yeah if i wanted to dislike the grateful dead i couldn't i've seen too much yeah it's like a it's a nice fun family to be a part of when you're like oh yes hello fellow traveler i've seen deep things you have as well let's listen to the silliest like surface level thing that has the most depth like they mm. knew what they were doing, and it's fucked up. They were taking stronger acid more Ooh. often. So I, to, I trust in that, yeah. yeah. That's part of my thing is I, once I had that trip, I started to look at everyone from the past psychedelic American history and be like, oh, they knew. Mad respect. They, mad respect. <laughs> like, they knew, and they were actually, like, navigating this with no map yeah. for our benefit and theirs. And, and, and they're, well, because to me, hearing you talk about this, and I'm like, I'm landing on, I'm like, is that the ultimate thesis of psychedelics is to make you content with being part of this crowd and being confused in the crowd and not oh i'm an individual please notice me and like it feels like that's the thesis of psychedelics it's definitely the thesis of the dead so much people just wanted to do what people do with alex gray and just put jerry on a pedestal and worship and this and that and they were just like no 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 they'd play bad (laughs) to to get people off that trip you know what i mean so it and it does feel like uh there there is a, a necessary humbling that needs to happen to the American spirit, you know, in this day and age. And this medicine came along and this band came along in like the perfect combination to mellow people out and create generations of hippies who are better connected with each other. And like, I think it's commendable that you come out of a trip like that and you're like, I don't want to harm people. It sucks that it, it manifests in OCD, but I, I live with that feeling. You know, that's how girls are able to fuck with me so much. They know I want, I, I don't want to have a bad karmic impact on anyone's world. I barely want to have any impact on people's world. That's I, the other thing. You can't not I, have an impact. I and know, you have to, dude, and you're going to fumble it. And yeah. that's where I found Buddhism to be really helpful. And, you know, lyrics mm-hmm. of the dead, there's this way of just like navigating reality where people left us little breadcrumbs that you're going to fumble it, man. And it's, I want perfection. That's all my OCD wanted was like scissors through wrapping paper plateau where I didn't harm. I didn't do too much and I didn't do too little and everything was the same and perfect. And I was, I always knew and I had certainty and control and it's just, that's not how this play. That's the antithesis of this reality. Yes. And, but those are the the, values that are you, that are imbued on you, which is hilarious. And you don't even know about that's why the dead are fun because they let go of control musically. They let go of a lot of things that we hold dear in Western study and Western rock music mm. and people hate it. Yeah. Cause it's just free. Free was their big thing. Yeah. And it's hard. We think free is do whatever you want. Free is so much more than do whatever you want. It's like, let everything do 
Yes. It's not, and it, it can be weird and it can be harmful, but we got to be ready for that. Yeah. But it's not do harm. It's just someone had once said to me, like, you keep trying to change reality. You have no idea why it's the way it is. And you think it should be different. Yeah. What kind of like egoic thing is that you think it should be different? You, do you even know why you're here in this body and who you are yeah. and you want to change it? Yep. So there's this free like surrender to Well, that's it. how you really get aligned with a God mindset because God sees everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly and is free to like surrender to it because it just is. And so if you like are... I don't know. That it, level of cosmic love is indifferent to our personal indifferent feelings. Indifferent to yeah. good and bad and pain and suffering. But and it is love. It's <laughs> the truest love. Because if I really loved you and I just controlled part of your experience and was like, I'm pro- it's coddling you and I'm protecting you like a bad overarching parent where I'm like, oh, Sean can have love and goodness and good feelings, but he can never know bad things. You wouldn't be really free. We and just talked about this on our last podcast. So, I have listened. How, how Cass yeah. is, she's like, I'm stifling your growth as a person because I coddle you. And I'm like, yeah. And I expect the coddling. And I did that to myself and I yeah. expect it from people near me. Just, I'm perfectly karmically ripe to be with the reins in my hand, trying to put them in the hands of the people I love. Be like, please take the reins to my life and guide me to goodness or tell me what's wrong with me or show me the way. And it's so weird. That's freedom. Yeah. You have the reins. Yep. Mm-hmm. You are ultimately free to make choices and have consequences. They don't, doesn't mean anything. They'll be good. They'll be anything, but you have the reins. Yeah. You were given a huge gift, a huge unbidden gift that is so hard to handle that we can't look at it square in the eyes. It doesn't want to be looked at. God doesn't want to be looked at like that because it's just a lot to handle. It's a lot yeah. of responsibility. And then you have to do the paradox. I have the reins and I'm absolutely not in control mm-hmm. of anything. And that paradox that doesn't is, make me a victim. Of no, it. I'm not a victim. It's yeah. a deeply psychedelic thing. Like I am an integral part of it and mm-hmm. I'm nothing. And I have to learn how to walk the tightrope knowing I totally don't matter, and every single choice I do matters. Ugh. And that can be too much for I'm people, man. Yeah. yeah, it makes me sick. Like, I, hate it. If I'd go, I wish I could have gone through my life being like, get that thing, build that empire, fuck that person, build, yeah. it, build it up, and know that that was going to be enough. Yeah. Now, no matter what I do, I, I've gotten some silly addictions. I got addictions to buying band t-shirts, oh. and it was like comical yeah. because I have a stack in my room. Like I couldn't wear them in a year, and I'm like, oh, which one is the badge I wear to be like, I'm interesting. I'm in control of my life. I'm cool. Notice me in this specific way, and I'm like, wow. bro, you know better. Yeah. Material, spiritual materialism to max. You know, I'm wearing the mala beads in a restaurant and like <laughs> yeah, talking yeah, yeah. to people like – yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I see you. You know, I went through all these costs. I'm still doing it. This, yeah. Every part of me is doing that. You know, the Allison Gray thing, everything's a symbol. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I just watched my, like cartoonishly after these trips, just watched. That never really goes away. No. And you have to learn how to wear it real lightly and have fun with it because you're forever doing something goofy it's, and egoic. It's funny yeah. that you point this out because I'm in the headspace of like, oh, Cass and I are on the other side of that. But we're we're on the other side of it to the point where we're choosing to dress like fucking juggalos and like <laughs> we're, we're where you're at where we're like, fuck all that. I don't well, need the like beads. It's like Normcore. It's yeah, like Normcore the same way. Yeah. I went to resist it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like, oh, we did all that. We wore the beads around. Cass brought around crystals with her. We had all the little sprays and everything we need. And like yeah. now it's just I like. I came in here and I was like, I had them on my wrist before I walked in. Yeah, yeah. Super good. I was in the yeah. car, like, no, I don't want to be seen like that. They're just for me. But I'm like, just matter. I'm holding yeah. matter. I'm trying to secure myself into the uncertainty. Everything I do, every choice, every impact I make, I'm like, am I right? Look yeah. at me this way. It was yeah. my costume on right thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it's uh, to me, when I hear you talk about your art, it almost feels like you have to downplay it a little bit because of because of that thing you were talking about how it is it it, like you're like oh it's nothing it's 2d this and that 
or if there's another way of looking at it where it's like the most consequential it, thing it ever. It changed my life. It, exactly. I don't paint like that, paint for nothing because it changed my life seeing some psychedelic art. Yeah. It actually like fucks me up. When I would smoke weed, I would almost be like nonverbal and just in awe of what was possible with art and music because yeah. it makes no sense. It's intangible in some ways or like painting being this frozen image of a world constantly in motion and impermanent to build permanence into it temporarily yeah. is a fool's journey that yes. is fascinating. But yeah. That's the thing. I have just the right recipe of ego to be like foolish enough to go towards that and wear it as a badge. And the other part of me has the wisdom to know that it's meaningless, not the point. Yeah. And to not get too high up on the horse. That right. horse is going to need to lay down to drink water. And I'm like <laughs> marching along on the horse. Like, look at me. I have tripped. I have gone deeply. I'm one of the cool people that knows. Yeah, and yeah. Look at my art. And then eventually I'm just like, oh, I'm just a silly little alien part of consciousness that knows nothing. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what how anything works. I don't know how the world came into being. I don't know who I am at a core level. Mm. I have words and concepts for it, but I don't, like, I didn't ask to be here. I don't know what made this universe. Mm. That's the best first humbling trippers thing ever. You're uh, like, yeah. hey, did, I, did you make flowers? Yeah. Did you know how to make beauty? Did you make truth? Do yeah. You, you are know. love. I would like to know yeah. the answers to the universe. Yeah, so. that's my thing. I've always been very obsessed with, like, I want to know. It's built into my OCD. I want yeah. certainty. And I developed cosmic certainty where mm -hmm. I was like, how do I know I'm real? How do I know what's what? How do I know if this is a dream or real? How do I know if God is good or bad? The paranoia just. How do I know that the LSD I took wasn't a CIA plan to derail me from my actual human potential? Right. You can just build a case for anything you want. Oh, yeah. And it all like infinitely exists at the same time. It's all it's true. All true. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucked that's up. That's the worst part. Yesterday when we were talking about that a little bit, I was like, I hate that this is true. That like we've been pushed like cattle into the LSD world by government intervention very consciously. And we are free and weird and in our own league because of it. But it was also not one thing or the other it's a yep. both and forever and that's yeah. what makes lsd in america the weirdest thing ever because you're like there's nefarious ties seeded into this chemical and it just like wakes you up yeah you can't have one with the other here i it's it well you know all this stuff has actually helped my relationship with the country we live in because i used to be really and i can still get very critical of this place but there is a certain form of acceptance and, uh and just accepting the beauty of how free we are and what comes along with that and the disaster that it's going to look like to everyone else in the world. Of course, there's things we could do about it, but it's on such a big scale that I can't really concern myself too much with it. So that I feel like I'm in on the joke yeah. of this country now. It's a cosmic joke. You're here for a reason. Do you, you mind if we take a quick break? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. That's um, and in my heart. It's crazy because I, I like people that have done that like real time like hours of listening to us. I could feel that when I meet them. It's like, we already know. We, it's weird. I already know that we know each other. Well, and uh, because I met you in the dark <clears throat> at night, something so about weird. that did something to me and smoking weed. So seeing you this time, I'm like, ah, this yeah. feels better to me. Cause it, I'm like, okay, better. it's grounded. Like, yeah, you guys well, are we were real. smoking so much weed that I was like feeling the story that you were telling mm -hmm. at the time. I mean, I feel it this time, but it was like on that time I was like, Oh, I don't uh, even know what else. we might have been on something else too that night. I think you guys maybe said you took a little something. Yeah, little we always did when we went up there. We only tripped hard there a couple times, but um, you know what? You know what? Like you telling this, and I don't want to be presumptuous. I really want to get your mm -hmm. thoughts about this. But do you think that like community, like this thing we're trying to build, is like the antidote from people going too far out? Almost, you know yeah. what I mean? Like the accountability, the like. Just knowing people really deeply and knowing what their triggers are and what they should and shouldn't take, what they can handle, like, 
that familiarity, the thing we're trying to build, and it's hard, I feel like can kind of be a safe container to do some exploring and nobody really fucking fully lose it. I don't know. I mean, you guys are going pretty far. I, like I said, your yeah. Soma experience yeah. is stuck in my mind as another like, wow, you guys did that by choice? Like, <laughs> and we, just the visual, like the yours, visual in my it. head with Robert Ryan doing the ritual and just the seriousness of that and then you yeah. just being like, I can't fucking do this right now give me some rolling stones yeah come on i can't <laughs> like you do realize like who am i to get myself into such a thing i must be very far out like this is not something people are just doing on a tuesday like, yeah well that night um really kind of haunted me for the past two and a half years because we haven't seen robert since then and i was like i held him in such high regard now we don't even talk we don't go do podcasts with him anymore and we hit him up and he to shoot for wild magic and he was like yeah come on over we went over there and he was so happy to see us and like really wanted to bro down and talk about that night and everything and it just was such a human like i was like oh man i i there was just such a huge chip off our shoulder going and going back to that temple the place where all that weird shit happened and he and finding out the the other guy that was there that was really lost in some loops uh is actually okay and he hasn't tripped since then and he you know it was it was really far out just hearing robert like talk about like he was like i was tripping hard too that night i'm like oh dude i thought you were like not feeling it he's like no i had to like step it up kind of how i had to too yeah Uh, i think i was like a three years of being like a petulant child after that experience like it was so intense that it kind of just made me like apathetic in a way like nothing matters and who the fuck am i and desensitize you a little yeah just kind of like fuck it energy and uh seeing him again was like felt like a closing ceremony of like oh i can i was so resistant to discipline that it was like unhealthy you know, I was didn't want to take anything seriously that it be kind of came like its own. I don't know, trauma response. I don't know of that experience. Yeah, I mean, I can totally understand that from everything we just talked about. Like, it's all tied into that sentence alone. I did the same thing. I became like I, I was living with my parents in in a lot of ways being coddled mm-hmm. by that container while I rebuilt myself self out of baby mode with my ego trying to be a trippy person that was my whole goal i was like i want to be chill and i want to be trippy but i'm kind of not chill and i'm you know that's such an irrelevant mm. nebulous term my psychedelic yes. person what does yeah. that mean Who can, that's such an ego way of yeah. putting that putting the hat on really tight and like oh, I'm, I'm, chill. Tri- I'm chill and i'm trippy and i know things and yeah. you know i was very i'm like a huge shot i had to relearn how to be a person yeah. from the base like i couldn't take a shit normally that's i was like monitoring what i would eat so closely and like i couldn't wash my hand my hands were bleeding every day i just so cut up and i was just relearning how to be a person and it was like a tragedy because i was like my mind was not ready and now it's just let go of the reins to another part of me for Mm. safety and Mm. i have to trust that and also slowly guide myself back to being like i'm capable i can put my i put myself in a situation that was very hard for me I can also be the person that helps me back. Mm. Cause I feel that like I just went yeah. baby mode yeah. and like, <laughs> I still am learning how to like drive the bus of my life because it was like, Oh, if that's ever going to happen to me, I'm not, I don't want any part of it. Mm. And I have to learn how to trust myself. Yeah. There's a self trust thing. Cause I got myself into some weird things by not being very critical or thinking clearly or just from a peer urge. And I have to just make sure that I don't, let that part of me always have the reins mm. and that part of me has a place. And so I put that part of me in art and in community and in different parts of my life, but I don't let it have the whole reins anymore after that experience. Yeah. So I feel like maybe it could be similar 
to what you're saying or like it seems like you kind of went through that where you had to figure out like who's driving and to where and mm. yeah 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 i don't i'm still like making sense of it all you know because it i had an experience of enlightenment of needing nothingness and just then just being coming home to being tragically human and just being like oh i'm just gonna embrace that you know and not be seeking the yogi version of myself but maybe to a detriment you know I think that's so freeing, though, because I yeah. feel like I'm sometimes caught in the other side where I just want to be something other than I am. Everything is just an adjustment. Like, nothing can just be okay. I'm always like, if I just, a little bit of an adjustment to this part of me, or if I didn't say that, or if I was this way, or if I wore this, or if this mm. person talked to me, or if this person didn't talk, you're just always Dude. making these little adjustments. And I think it can be really freeing to be like, nothing matters, literally nothing matters and just give up the game of trying to make this any different than it is. And it's so hard. Yeah. Cause even that can be a game to make it different. Well, because like, if it was not different than it is, I could accept it. Yes. Yeah. It's like a loop. Well, yeah, well totally. pre Soma cast was very concerned with all that stuff. What can I do to make this person's experience better? If I didn't do that, it would have turned out like this, like all these adjustments and worrying about diet and like very, very micro specific things. And like kind of since then, yeah, I think that freed you to indulge in yourself a little bit for a few years. Like, why not? We don't have a lot of responsibilities, you know, um, be tragically human. Like that's kind of, you know, that's kind of why I'm not beating myself up about like this relationship that we just had that ended. Cause part of me is like, why did you waste two and a half years with a person you knew wasn't like in alignment with you? And it's just like, I was just being tragically human for a little bit. Like, it's okay. Gotta play the game, man. You're, yeah. That's the thing. You can't resist because it comes off so phony when you resist the game. Oh, yeah. People can tell you're trying to distance yourself from yourself from a mile away, <laughs> especially in the new age and spiritual scene. You're yeah. like, oh, you just don't like yourself, and it's coming out of hatred or an adjustment. And it's really hard to just be like, I'm imperfect, and that's okay. And just let it be. Don't touch yeah. it. You want to like, I'm imperfect and it's okay. And we put a little sign on it. So everyone knows I'm imperfect and it's okay with me. I'm yeah. good with it. Yeah. It's really hard to just be uncomfortably human all the time and to let yourself be like, I probably said the wrong thing. I yeah. probably am annoying. I probably come off a certain way when I talk out loud that when I watch this, I'll like yeah. lose my mind. Well, it's such a trap too, because you think like, well, in order for me to be this ideal person, I need to look at every situation and analyze everything I did wrong. So if I make sure to worry about all the things that i could do wrong in the future then i'll do everything perfectly and, and then it just yeah. like leaves you in this like kind of worry loop where you're never able to achieve the person you want to be which is like free of the worry yeah you want to be free of the worry so you're like if i do all these little adjustments then i'll be free but yep. to be free of the worry you have to drop the worry mm -hmm. you have to embody irresponsible yeah. and yeah it's all about embodying what you want in the future in the moment that you're in all you the know? time. And it's so weird. Yeah. Like, you it's know, exhausting. It is exhausting. <laughs> I mean, it is. I mean, that's the funny part. I think that's the very Western mind that we're marrying psychedelia with is just the upbringing of Judeo-Christian Western critical about your behavior mind. And this idea of perfectionism that's baked into yep. American culture that we could hit a perfection point and you could and should be better. Yeah. You should always be an improvement. And that is a really exhausting way to live your life as a framework. Like, yeah. I'm not quite the best version of myself, but if I do this, if I work out... And I don't get sick and no one around me dies and I do the right amount of LSD at the right yeah, amount of time yeah. on the full moon <laughs> yeah. with dead playing Dark Star in 1977. Yeah. You know, then I will just hit the scissors to the wrapping paper of my life. And <laughs> perfection. Yeah. But it's really haunting to realize we live in a deeply suffering based in imperfect world that's actually perfect because it's 
because of that, it's like your brain can't and shouldn't hold on to it. Mm. And you have to let go every time it comes up. Like that's just the, you're like, I feel it come up, keep moving, keep moving. And through the OCD, I really had to learn this because I was so attached to thinking. Yeah. I just wanted to think my way around the OCD and rationalize why I needed to do it. And the therapy I had to do for it, I'll tell you guys a little bit about that because that's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. So, they do exposure therapy for social anxiety, OCD, and other like behavioral anxiety disorders because CBT, like conventional talk therapy, can make it worse because you're just ruminating in your mind about things you've already rationalized. Oh. I had an irrational, like a, a logical, but a rational fear of a lot of things. Like, yeah, probably don't want to be covering shit all the time and just sharing your life with the world. That's a little bit, that's rational. But yeah. my fear of it was so irrational and I would just justify it. So they make you do these things. Like I couldn't touch my hands together for years. I thought I would like, I had this whole thing about developing warts and then I did and it just secured it in my head. And so I was like, okay, I can't touch my good hand to my bad hand for years. So I would wash my hands on my forearms. I would shower with one hand and it became so normal. So they, first they'd touch my hands for 10 seconds and sit and you don't meditate you don't try to tell yourself it's okay you just sit with the raw anxiety and uncertainty until your body gets used to being like it's okay to be anxious and then you level it up so to make a real long journey short the last thing i had to do which was huge and terrible i wouldn't wish it on anybody i had to take toilet water with with food dip it in there and eat it every 10 minutes in therapy and i had to do it every single day at home what? And i had to like take toilet water and just on my head and on my face and then Hell just yeah. go through it. So Damn. I became like action based where I was so heady and I just became, cause I, you watch your body learn first. So I would watch myself like dip the thing in the toilet, eat the cashew and my brain just goes like, what the fuck? Stop Rightfully this. so. Shut it but down. my body is just like, yeah, that doesn't, that's not great. Nothing's happening. Yeah. That sucks. You can handle suck. Yeah. And that's what I'd watch myself do behaviors after doing exposures where like when I wouldn't touch my hands together, I'd do some exposures. And then later in the week, I would just do it randomly. And my brain would be like, yo, you don't do the thing. And my body's like, we're good. Wow. And it was a really interesting thing to watch my body learn without my mind. Because wow. I was so attached to my intellect and my head. And now I'm just so attached to action first. Yeah. And not maybe attached, but I'm just very much looking at the world through like, okay, make a move. Yeah. Let your mind spin. Like mm. let the anxiety broil and just mm. make a move with clarity and discernment and cap knowing you're capable. That was my whole thing. I just wanted to know I was capable of handling anything mm. because I felt so withered by my fears and so uncertain. And like, I couldn't handle anything. Like I could barely go to the bathroom. How am yeah. I going to handle driving on the freeway? How am I going to handle if this bad thing happens or like I would cut myself in the kitchen and I just freeze. I'd be unable to help myself. Wow. And it's just like my whole journey has been back to Clarity and capability through the body mm. and through community. Mm. And so to like circle back, I think that exactly what you're saying, like you went to see Robert Ryan after this huge, big ordeal. And he was yeah. just like, hey, it's all good. You're being human. Yeah. What did you expect when you do that? You yeah. expected perfection, like sit like Buddhas and then enlightenment. And you all high five and yeah. like float on clouds together. It's like, no, it's messy and it's weird. And yeah. there's just like. It, oh, it is, yeah, and and it and it takes a true a person like Robert Ryan to be like that and not hold any judgment or resentment. And but it did make me feel better when he said, "I've never given people that much again." And I'm like, okay, this it was a bit of an ordeal. We can admit that. Like that. Same, was... same with the dude who gave me. He's like, I'm 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 very careful now of who I give what oh, and when, and I watch them take it. I'm like, yeah, because you have a responsibility. You're what here. was that moment? Did he have? Did he ask you? Did you tell him like? Oh, well, I did two full job reports. Yeah, everyone lost their goddamn mind. And oh. even we've had talks since then where we really like went into it. And it was just like we looked at each other and we're like, 
he's like, I dude, you could have taken like twenty plus hits. Yeah, yeah. we have no Sounds idea the like mic it. count. Like, and that's the uncertainty part of me that can't handle uncertainty hates it. I just want to know so bad, like to the number. Yeah, how, so I could be like, because it almost sometimes it feels like, am I exaggerating? Am I gaslighting myself? It's like no, I was so puddled. Yeah, it was incredible. Like in my head, I have the burned-in image of just taking the dropper full, and then it's ah, not probably not enough. Just oh a little more, and just God. like luckily, it was really good yeah, L because clean. that's the other learning experience I had was like, man, some of the stuff I've taken before was not L. It was NBOME or two C whatever, mm. and I'm like, man, at least I got a, the deepest trip was on the best shit I could possibly oh, find. Yeah. That's funny when that dude Trey was like, you have a schizophrenic break. He's like, it's all good, man. It's some Sandoz crystal. Like <laughs> you're you're that Grateful Dead family shit. And, Man, that's true. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) Like for better or worse. And, you know, community helps because like my friend who helped me through that, like seeing him years after year, he's another artist and seeing him and just being so bonded to him. And we don't even like hang out. It's just I see him and he's just my brother and we just are forever entwined. Mm -hmm. And his like ability to be chill about what happened with me while also telling me parts I didn't remember was healing. Yeah. And so... Yesterday, before I was like, knew we were going to do this, I was like, man, what if I put this out and I actually find the people that helped me? Like, they get this somehow. They find me through this. If you recognize this yeah. motherfucker from a wild night. Yeah. <laughs> Hit me up, because I want to know. Like, yeah. part of me craves just any other part of the story, because, uh, yeah, the uncertainty, I just have to learn to sit with it. But, man, yeah, the community has helped. And, like, finding you guys, huge. Thank it's like, you. oh, cool. These two motherfuckers know. Yeah. And also, they don't have some like end goal in mind. They're no. not trying to sell me a course. They're not <laughs> trying to brand this thing. They're no. doing it all for free. And it's yeah. just, I'm hanging out with people who know. And that's what I've see, sought out the whole time at Cosm, was yeah. just finding people that knew and you didn't have to mention it. Like, everyone yeah. had been there. Yeah. That was the baseline we all moved from. It's like kind of addictive. Or I'm kind of like, I love hanging out with all people. But when you meet someone who's like been there, you're like, there's something so comforting about the recognition and being able to see each other in a way that, cause like once you do see through someone on acid back to yourself, you're like, I'm looking into you, but I'm seeing back to me. There's like a little bit of that, that can stick I, with I think you. It's, and it's, uh, it's why AA works for the people it works for, you know? Cause it, yeah. And I've been to AA meetings. You go in that room and you can feel, you know, wow, we've all been there. Yeah. We've fucking been there. Damn. And we're not. And we're good. We're here. You know. And if and we're not good and we're not here, we're here to help you get good in here, yeah. which is, I think, what we need for psychedelic people. But we need it in a non, like, new age, over-the-top way of, like, I, I'm I holding know. space for you, brother. I know. We need to be like, yeah, that's fucking crazy. That kind of sucked, didn't it? Or, yeah. like, that was hard. Like, it wasn't all good. Sorry that it's happened It's not all you, enlightenment man. in there. Yeah. yeah. I would never wish anyone to shit themselves for four hours in, in a <laughs> no. journey. Like, at you least could, you got to come at the end. At least there's a happy ending. I came at the beginning. So that's even worse. <laughs> I, I jumped the gun. Oh, I was like, man. I'll get that out of the way. And then, I'll, you know. Well, now I'm going to be chasing the dragon on that feeling. I don't know. I've never experienced that. I, That's wild. I didn't either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like It happened po- through you. Yeah, that part of me was just having fun, like pure madness. Pure insanity had the reins and was like, hey, bud, it is illogical and unreasonable to be here, isn't it? And it was like, yeah. And even saying yeah to that was like, that's answering with certainty. You don't know anything, motherfucker. Yeah. Oh Just like, here's God. clown college 100%. Yeah. Like you, you're an alumni now, master's degree in clown college. You wanted wisdom? How about nonsense? It's like oh salvia. Yeah. You know, I used to smoke salvia casually. It has that vibe where you're like, 
oh, you want a psychedelic experience? How about the, you want to be the floor yeah. for 10 minutes looking at the ceiling pressed to it in a logical, <laughs> impossible way? Do you want to go to Legoland and be haunted by your own body feeling? Oh, yeah, my like, God. Like, there are things people don't talk about in psychedelia where they, like, make light of it. It's like, t- if everyone took ayahuasca, we would be healed. I'm like, I smoked DMT, and I was squinting with my brain at shit that I couldn't even put into words because it was so alien. Yes, We're exactly. not prepared to come back from breathing out and everything changing and then just being like, yeah, go to bed. Yeah. Yes. I saw DMT at a, like a camp in college. We were like on a <laughs> field trip camping. Whole assignment was like, don't talk all day, which is very foreboding. Okay. Because I go in to smoke DMT for my first time in a tent with four dudes. My friend blasts off before me. They're like, he's not going to blast off. Give him a lot. And they're like, they're like holding it, hold it, hold it. And by the second I even like held it once, I was gone out of my body in the tunnel of mandalas. And I could just hear the word talking shatter. And I couldn't remember how to speak. I just oh. felt the primal urge for water and like it was magical it was like i can make it that gets me the and i like no one prepared me for that i was fighting that shit because i was like everything was moving everything was slithering and snake-like in my body and also in my visual you're like what the fuck no Mm. one can tell you no one can warn you specifically so we need people that are gently there for those of us stupid enough to just want to find out no matter what yes we need people that are like yeah nothing i can tell you is gonna help you you're gonna or you've already gone too far yeah here we are at the other side with a blanket and some Grateful Dead and some water <laughs> yeah. and some just general, like, we're here for you. And that has to have a sensitive boundary because some people will be like, please grab the reins. Yeah. And we have to be prepared to be like, hey, actually, I'll take them for a minute, but I think you should take them for this minute. How about you take them and go one block further, one go mm-hmm. around the corner because that's the dangerous part, I think. Yeah. And that's why people go into cults. That's how people get involved with the endless ayahuasca shamanism, I'm pretty sure, is just yeah. they're like that dude has the reins to my healing. Yeah. And we're in the wild west. We have to figure out how we can get community healing, be individuals with the right boundaries. People we're not try quite to give ready. it to us. Yeah. And, and I think just because of my age, I think it's just, I'm old enough to know better. I'm like, no, I do not. And I'm also lazy and I'm not like, <laughs> I, I think I'm just too much of a stoner to become a cult leader because it's a, it's a very tempting thing. You could be a cult leader. I thought about that yesterday after talking to you. I was like, dude, you have the perfect makings to be like. But I don't have that thing that like that. I, that I, the desire. Yeah. Really. Because like I just got my girl. Like that's what, all I care about. You just have a one member cult. Yes. That occasionally I, picks up another member. Yes, exactly. And then like I'm a peripheral cousin member <laughs> where I'm like, I really like this. I'm cult adjacent. <laughs> yeah. I'm like if yeah. that train goes, if that bus goes by, I'll get on. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. No, but I mean, I think it's cool to have, you know, that vibe without somebody trying to seek, like, the, the power. And we've had people come into our community and say, like, just hear cha-ching. Like, how are you guys not fucking getting every dime out of all these fucking kids that you can? And they've tried to, and we have to distance ourselves from those people. And it's like, it's fucking heartbreaking, this stuff, uh, how capitalism corrupts, like, the power attempts. Power corrupts. Like, power. Why would you even want power when you know it and it is her- and inherently corrupting? Yeah. They don't, you don't know, especially in Western society. Like, there's that childlike part of me that loves acid because you go to acid superpowers land and you feel like you could do anything, anything. Yeah. Oh, you realize yeah. that it's choices yep. and thought alone that makes you guide toward behavior and that could just go mm. so it's like oh power is addicting because i think that's even the part of me and like ramdas had it the part of me that wants to trip more i want power i want to be- make better art i want power over my output over my behavior well i in have that, that too then yeah. in, the, <laughs> yeah. in that in that seeking for constant improvement we're just so ripe for like this thing gives you superpowers do it more do it often do it with someone who knows who do it with someone you can osmosis their power yeah, yeah. trunkpo used to talk about that like you're not just gonna go sit by an enlightened person and become enlightened you got to do it yourself man like yeah. that's spiritual materialism we have it baked into our culture where it's like oh if i go to the right shaman 
Yeah. He's going to heal me. I'm going to be perfect. Yeah. We have a weird thing where we have a relation with expertise. That, like, yes, you know oh, more than me. You've choked yeah. more than me. Yeah. You have a, two steps of the map ahead of me, but I need to make sure I don't give you my reins and the whole thing. Like, just take me everywhere on your map. If I knew the way, I would take you home. Yeah, thanks, man. Can't. <laughs> Sorry. I've been waiting for years to sit here and have you take me home, man. I'm just like, if Sean and Castro in person, and it was raining, and it was the afternoon, it was my, like, yes, it's all coming together. Yeah, and yeah. then all of a sudden, it just, that fracture of like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. That's going to be endless for all of us in Western culture, seeking spiritual things outside of lineage and tradition. Yeah. And acid has lineage and tradition, but it's loose. Yes. It's free. So you yeah. have to join yourself voluntarily. Or yep. involuntarily and cosmically. Mm-hmm. And you have to learn how to run alongside the bus that the dead and the beat poets and everyone put down. And we have to learn how to put a hand out for all the like other parts of American culture that are suffering. Yes. Because white people have this epic thing where we're able to trip and take yeah. mad amounts of acid and fairly inconsequentially do psychedelics in an erotic American way. And then, you know, what my partner Hannah always talks about is like, you go and you get this awareness that we're all one, but then how do you pass by these people on the street? Mm-hmm. You're it's one hard. with them. It's yeah, hard. and you have to stuff it down and block it. And we yeah. have to learn how to accept that it, with the right boundary where it's like, well, do I give everything to everybody I ever see? Like, they're on nothing. Am I just going to give it all to you? Yeah. Maybe, but we have to learn how to like integrate the real suffering here. And I think that's part of the karma of just being like white Americans who've gone far. Yeah. It's like, that's a responsibility. You could be a wook and party at every disco biscuit show for the rest of your life. And yeah. that's totally okay. That's You're cool. free. Yeah. And I power to you. I'm a little jealous. Yeah. It sucks when you start to bring in the class consciousness, the thoughts <laughs> of imprisonment, I'm... reading about the people that were like in jail for LSD distribution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Jesse Jarno's whole like, thing he wrote about is fucking insane yeah mm-hmm. heads yeah Great heads book. yeah it's fucking insane to realize like what they've done to people because of this and the responsibility that each of us have when we go far to each other mm. and to the whole community without getting crazy it's like i'm not gonna go save everyone yes but this has to inform my behavior or what am i doing like i'm in- so indulgent to just like i went so fucking far out man yeah and it's like i made a just trippy painting that feels really hollow when you look <laughs> out the window and you're like that dude is just Begging for money, addicted. He's starving. Yeah, starving, addicted to drugs. And it's not as simple as just giving him money or being like, can I help you? It's a complex communal system where they need to want to be helped. They need to be open. And we don't have any of that in place yet. So there's this whole, like, it's not going to be one of us that saves all of us. It's going to be all of us a little bit all the time, every day. In the loop of time, day to day, we have to, like, give that little back. And that's hard. It's really hard in Western culture. Uh, Well, that's that's the ironic thing about what the CIA did. If they are behind all this... (laughs) They introduced us to the molecule that will probably eventually save us from them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, they're like, here's the key. Yeah. It's gonna wiggle in the handcuffs for a century, but like generations. Yeah. But but eventually this will be the thing that um, you know because how how many people that you know that have taken acid are like good capitalists? None of us. Nobody. I, the thing is, I know, I know it. some weird ones, and that's the interesting part of like working in the art world. The grays are great. Yeah, they, I mean, <laughs> there are people that are on. The, they're not black or white. It's gray. Yeah, they're in the gray area. They're like, why would I not be a non-denominational church? And who's going to argue with that? There are yeah. people doing that who've never tripped and have no wisdom. We're going to have to do it. Yeah. Like, I don't know how else to pay the bills. You no, know? <laughs> I, I work at a psychedelic art gallery where, yeah. like, I'm you know shilling the image of like you've been there, right? How about? buying this for hundreds of dollars like well, and yeah. it feels weird and it's always going to feel weird but what else everything is weird like this whole system is robbed of inherent core value yes mm-hmm. but we're also like on the on the edge of free free is the big idea in america yep. free is the big idea in acid space and in god mm-hmm. so how do we integrate that 
usefully, skillfully. Mm. Not good or bad, but skillfully. Like, we have to have a good aim, and we have to, like, try every day. And that sucks, man. Who wants to wake up with the cosmic responsibility on you when you already don't know what's going on in the world? You know? Yeah, no, it's... It's it exhausting. Will, That's it, what is saying. It's yeah. like, I just give up. Like, who fucking matters? Why do I want to be better? Why do I want to help? Why does it need to be different? Yeah. Well, but if you take it to down to the hyper-local level of you and you're like, actually, well, my behavior today is going to affect my life. And maybe if that looks cool to people, then it might, you know, affect their life. So... And it makes you feel good to help relieve other people's suffering. Um, like yeah. You can accept that suffering is inherent or like to this thing, but you can also do what you can to in, to try to relieve it for other people and make that an intention because it makes us feel closer and makes this something make sense, you know? Well, yeah, it's like, I think it's pain. Pain is inevitable. We're going to hurt. Yeah. We yeah. can help each other, though, to not suffer. Yes. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, I cut, I cut my one hand. My other hand goes to help. It is immediate. And it's like, that's an image that's been given to us for so long. But we have such an inbuilt gap between that where it's like, you see the person on the street and you're like, oh, but if I give them that, I just can't. Oh, I can't. Oh. And then you go, oh, I gave them that, but it's not enough. And you feel the distance on the other side. And it's tied to ego. We're not ready to give totally right so we're gonna have to do it through like a little bit of a like i'm a good person yeah that's gonna have to be part of it we're not gonna get rid of that before we do it yeah we're not gonna like oh when i purify myself and the intentions are pure then my giving will be pure that's a very new age western thing of like oh i'm purifying myself to be better service yeah yeah that's a moment to moment thing dude i know it sucks and it changes on a dime yeah because you miss you miss the mark most of the time yeah (laughs) yeah it's, it's it's painful to be like neurotically self-aware in America yeah. because you know you're missing the mark. Every one of us feels that guilt deeply, even if they say they don't. And like you can build the empire and there will be people sleeping outside your empire Mm -hmm. suffering deeply and you'll be slightly responsible no matter what you do. Absolutely. If you help the most or the little. And it's just, that sucks, man. It's hard to to reconcile, I think. Yeah, man. It's a, it's crazy. I, you know, your your story makes me. <laughs> we could end on this. Uh, we I could go on with you forever. Yeah, You're for sure. fucking awesome. But I was just thinking while you were telling your story, uh, how many transformational rebirth moments have happened for people in porta potties? You know, <laughs> yeah, and it, it happened. I- one happened for me when I was 19, going to the Warp Tour, <laughs> and I had I had. Uh, what you what acid pushed you into i had before and like i couldn't shit in public and i was very uptight like am i gonna have to take a shit where where am i gonna take a shit so it was just like it controlled my life and just made me have constant anxiety and i show up at the warp tour all dehydrated like about to shit myself and you know i immediately run to the worst porta potty i've ever fucking seen in my life and right then and there i just i relieved myself and i relieved myself of ever being worried i said if i can handle this i could do this anywhere I'm over it. That's that. But the amount of people at festivals and shit that must be in porta potties. What like, I was thinking is, what if he locked himself in and couldn't figure out how to unopen the door? That was kind of hap- that's happened to me a little bit twice. <laughs> <laughs> that happened to me. That's why I had to be like, help. Yeah. And the yeah. person with the walkie talkies like opens the door a crack because they're like, what the fuck am I about to see in <laughs> yeah, this? Yeah. But I'm just standing in the middle of the room. <sighs> oh my god. <laughs> like this, you know, and I can't even see it. I'm like, who knows what's even going on? And I've had journeys where like. I go in there and someone would like at festivals leaves like a little saying taped in the thing yeah, and you're yeah. like spinning on it. You're like, that's so fucking profound. And then yeah. you're like, Oh, I'm taking a shit. Yeah. And then, yeah, I thought I could push the door open, but it's locked. So I'm just pushing the closed door open and someone's trying to grab it from the outside. And I'm like, Oh shit, I'm not the magic man. But right before I walked in that porta potty, I was like six, me sick night. Like I'm, tr- I just took some L it's good. Yeah. And then the porta potty, I realized like, ah, fuck I am. Who am I to do this? And this is a course you learn at the ground level. Yeah. 
And portal potty. The portal potty. Yeah. You go. You go in there and you experience your solitude, and it's fucking terrifying. Yeah. And it's everything hot kicks and dark, in. Yeah. and it's your visuals get weird insta- instantly. You just find out about who you are yes. in the porta potty first. <laughs> yeah. Before you can have fun, you have to check in at the station, and yes, it's like exactly. Yeah, I'm human. I have to eat and shit. This is bullshit. Anyway, yeah. alien consciousness. <laughs> here you. I come. <laughs> That's every ba- bathroom on yeah. drugs. You're just yeah. like, yep. why do I have all of a sudden so alone with yourself, and then you're also like wait, what is going to the bathroom? <laughs> and you're like, I do this every single day. There's some, so there's some great Sufi teachers that talk about like, you think it's good to be on earth? The smell, the scent, the, the shit that you have to do every day and you think this is like heaven on earth? Like, look critically at this. Like, be grounded. Look at that. Is that good? Like, what the fuck? Oh Who would God. put you in a place where you have to do this every day? Holy <laughs> shit. Uh, Bryce, how do people find you? Your glitch uh, pigments. Instagram at glitch pigment or Instagram glitch pigments. That's the best way to yep, find that's you. That's the best way to find me. What about your band? The band's called Redivider. Awesome name. Yeah, it's awesome. a palindrome. It's a circle. Nice. Oh, cool. awesome. The Redivision. Cool. Back together. Cool. Yeah, we're uh, active in Denver, so we'll awesome. be putting some stuff out later this year. Look for Redivision. Red- Redivider. Redivider. Hardly know her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thanks for really taking us over the top and getting us to Dinosaur Junior last night. Oh, that yeah. was uh, a lifelong mission for so me. So stoked with that yeah. one, man. Thanks again, man. Uh, check out his art. You'll be blown away. Uh, it's, a, it's a gift to the world. And um, thank you so much for sharing this, man. Yeah, thank you, guys. Patreon.com slash Church of Chill. There's tons more there. We did another part of this where we talked about our weekend of hanging out with new friends and going to ween and all the drugs we did. Uh, <laughs> that's on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Church of Chill. Peace, love, and magic, y'all. Peace.